Captain's Log, star dates wrapped in bacon. Vegan bacon. I'm Captain Britain. And I'm Skin of Pat. These are the voyages of the starship USS Donald Trump Jr., our ongoing mission. To explore new Trek episodes, to seek out old Trek, both cringe and based, and to, to boldly, boldly go up Shit's Creek with without an Trek, the show where two Trekkies ask themselves, is that foreskin of evil self-lubricating, baby? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Ooh. At least it definitely protects against, uh, you know, it being getting infections. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, so really the foreskin of evil is more of a foreskin of good. Is that is that your stance? Yeah. Okay. I'm, so. I'm pro foreskin. I don't have it myself, you know. Oh, well, I do. Oh, I'm so jealous. Yeah, it fucking rules, dude. <laughs> like... Like you don't, you haven't lived until you've like put a girl's cock inside your own cock. I'm telling you, it's like, it's, it's magical. (laughs) It's like, it's, it's a a joy. I can, I can only hope that I'm going to be reunited with my foreskin and it's it's like a fucking like Michelangelo's like God touching, touching Adam. That's exactly (laughs) what it's like docking with a, a little girl cock. Well. Yeah. No, not that you know. I'm assuming like my foreskin is waiting for me in heaven, and then um, yeah, we'll be reunited. <laughs> well, you're not going to heaven, so <laughs> no. uh, so, so I'll, I'll be seeing your foreskin. Re- really, really, <laughs> yeah, because the foreskin was off while I was still pure. It was when I was a baby, so yeah, right. so like uh, so it automatically goes to heaven, right? You know, right. so it's but me, you know, I've I've done so, lots so, of sin. So for Jews, just their foreskin goes to heaven. Is that what you're saying? Well, I guess so. Wow, interesting. Yeah. And then the rest of them like go to hell. No, they, no. Don't, have, they, don't, have, they, don't, they don't have a hell. They're just like you know, go to the big synagogue in the sky. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess like yeah, they're not. Re- they can never be reunited. But again, they they probably don't want to be reunited. No, I mean, I would. Yeah. Wouldn't you? Yeah. I mean, yes. That's what I'm. Yeah. That's what I've been. I've been like hoping for one day is so to... you can you can't like exactly regrow your foreskin, but there are things you can do to like kind of stretch out the remaining skin mm-hmm. you do have. Did you see that uh, episode of, of um, Penn and Teller's bullshit? No, no, uh, oh. how to with John Wilson. Oh no, I'm talking. About, I, I saw the episode <laughs> of how, Penn and Teller's bullshit back in like 2002, mm. and I I was like, what the. F- fuck it was a guy like like putting like weights in his dick mm-hmm. and like tying a rubber band around it yeah to like make bring his foreskin back basically how mm-hmm. still got her foreskin back <laughs> <laughs> oh that's yeah. me yeah how patrick got his foreskin back yeah you know i just have a series of pe- weights and pulleys that, that <laughs> weights so- and pulleys <laughs> yeah why, why the pulleys I no, just- in, the, in the how-to with john wilson the guy shows that he has a pulley system um on his bed where he connects the connects a um the thing and it the, pulls on it while he I'm sleeps sorry, i'm sorry the thing oh it, it, there's like a there's like a cap that he puts on the uh, like he that fold, like, like, like puts, a little hat for his penis, mm-hmm. and then like oh. well in like the uh, and then it pulls like the foreskin, he pulls uh-huh. the skin over his dick, and then like and it does it while he sleeps. So he has he sleeps with his pants off, 
and like a pulley at the head of his bed, uh, pulling his pulling his dick up and the foreskin to help regrow it. He has a whole website. I've been to the website. He also makes music. It's amazing. He's I've mentioned him on Twitter before, and I guess he aggressively searches his name. So every single time I've ever mentioned him, mm-hmm. he has found the tweet and liked it. Excellent. <laughs> yeah. You know what? You... He's a uh, TLC TLC Tuggers. Go to the website. <laughs> go, 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 go to the website, and he has amazing merch. I always want to go buy that stuff because, like, I. Like I've never like I that he really sold me on it because he had, he's so positive and uh-huh. he makes you know grapefruit sodas you know that's oh, what he oh, like, nice. yeah so po- positive for what like what disease and he just he just like, he has like this like undying faith that he will regrow his foreskin uh, and his music's actually pretty pretty it's it's a bop like I like it is it about foreskin yeah it's all about it's all about regrowing your foreskin that's pretty cool. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, I, I didn't know we needed that kind of music, but yeah, I think we did. Yeah, I feel like that's one good thing about the internet is like everyone with these like very hyper niche interests can come together and share, share, and then like you know bring other people into the fold, you know. So yeah, I mean, I never thought that I needed a foreskin growth music, but here I am. I'm listening to it. And I'm like, yeah, all right, yeah, you know, this guy sold me. Yeah. Uh, so, um, uh, th- do you know what timing all of his music is in? Mm-mm. Oh, it's four foreskin. <laughs> <sighs> Ooh, you got me. So uh, today we will be watching Star Trek: The Next Generation. Mm. That's our that's a random episode for the week. Uh, are you ready to get into that? I'm ready. Let's dive right the fuck in. episode that we got last week um was star trek tng season one episode 22 i think it was actually like uh episode 120 in the entire series or mm-hmm. something like that but um yeah yeah first season yeah this one's called skin of evil released on april 23rd 1988 uh this one was written by joseph stefano who is an iconic writer Mm. who wrote the movie Psycho. That's surprising. Yeah, he wrote the movie Psycho, the Alfred Hitchcock movie. Uh, as surprising as because Skin of Evil sucks. <laughs> yeah. It does. <laughs> it, it doesn't work on a lot of levels. I think it might have worked as something that wasn't Star Trek is the thing. Yeah. And there are some, like, little tweaks they could have made uh, to make it better that we'll probably talk about. Yeah, because like, I know... Uh, Looking up, uh, they said there was a lot of difficulty in trying to make a convincing villain out of a black oil slick. But yeah. I feel you can do that. I mean, you can. You can. Yeah. And so uh, he also wrote a ton for the uh, the show Outer Limits, mm. the original show, and then the reboot of it. I liked Outer Limits a lot. Yeah, and so it's, it's pretty good. And so, like, thinking about this, like, whole storyline in the context of Outer Limits, it makes, I think, more sense. And if they focused more on kind of the 
philosophy behind it and not so much like the procedural Starfleet thing behind it, Mm -hmm. it could have worked in that way. Like the idea of like an embodiment of evil is an interesting, very outer limitsy idea. Mm -hmm. We'll get into that though. And uh, it was also co-written by Hannah Louise Shearer, who wrote five episodes of TNG and one of DS9, the Mm. iconic DS9 episode, Q-less. Oh, cool. Yeah, the one where Cisco punches Q. Hells yeah. Hell yeah. Um, and this one was directed by Joseph L. Scanlon, who did a uh, few episodes of TNG. Hmm. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. yeah. Let's dive right in. Let's get right into it. Get into it like a uh, Metamucil with mixed with, with printer ink. No, oh, we'll we'll get into that. <laughs> so the USS Enterprise D is traveling through the Zed Lapis sector, which is the funniest name for any sector in all of Star Trek. Zed Lapis is like Zed Lapis sounds like the name of a character on Revenge of the Nerds, right? Mm-hmm. Like uh, Poindexter is like roommates with Zed Lapis. I feel. Yeah. 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 It's it's a cause Lapis is like what like uh like um like rocks, right? I don't know. I know it is like la- lapis up this penis. <laughs> um, so it's the Zed Lapis sector where it will rendezvous with Shuttlecraft 13. Oh, yeah, it's on- a deep blue metamorphic rock. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Um, so rendezvous with Shuttlecraft 13, unlucky number, uh, carrying Counselor Deanna Troy, who is returning from a conference along with the shuttle pilot, Lieutenant Ben Preto. Mm-mm. As the engineering crew is conducting maintenance on the ship's dilithium crystals, the ship is flying at impulse, with the main engines deactivated. On the bridge, Lieutenant Worf tells Lieutenant Natasha Yar, better known as Tasha Yar, better mm-hmm. known as Yar, mm-hmm. better known as Yar the Tar. <laughs> or uh, she will be known as. <laughs> yes, uh, that uh, deep space probes have picked up no vessels or debris within three light years of their position. So... Worf then shifts the conversation towards the martial arts competition happening on Enterprise D in three days. Mm. He asks Yar if she is ready for the competition. She replies that she needs some practice with the Mishima wrist lock and break. And if she can use it on Worf, she can use it on anybody. An assumption Worf promptly assures her is valid. What a fucking cocky bitch Worf is here, right? Mm-hmm. He's like, well, yes, if you can beat me, you can beat anybody because <laughs> I'm the best. But he got beat up by a fucking barrel. Yeah, I mean, he he, he really doesn't win any fights <laughs> during the course of TNG. <laughs> Not in TNG, no. In DS9, he starts kicking ass, except mm-hmm. when he's fighting his wife, and then she's <laughs> she always beats the shit out of him. Yeah, but, that, is, but that's, that's his good, kink, though. That's yeah, his kink. That's his thing. He's yeah. like, I think he intentionally <laughs> mm-hmm. is like, Oh, I'm going to miss this shot. Oh, yeah. Oh, right in the kisser. Yeah. Hit me harder, Dex. Hit me harder, old man. Um, you think he ever ever called called her old man? That would have been funny. In or bed. That would have been so funny if, like, my people have great respect for you, Curzon, and your awesome boy pussy. <laughs> um, so. Fill me up, old man. <laughs> Peg me, old man. Pick it hard. Both holes. Um, so he then asks who she is facing. And Yar says her first opponent is Science Officer Swenson. Like, no, a Science Officer isn't going to win. Yeah, he's going to get his ass whooped. Yeah. <laughs> Easy. Uh, Worf says that she will easily defeat him. Duh. Yeah. He's a Science Officer. However, Yar is more concerned about being beaten by Lieutenant Minerali, a skilled kickboxer. 
I don't think they have kickboxing in the future. They don't even mm. really have kickboxing anymore now. Like, MMA has totally overtaken it. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah you never know. Like, I do. Like, I do. Um, I know the future of martial arts. It's this weird gift I have. <laughs> the, oh, I have... I, um, I'm like a a, a, a prophet. Oh, uh, yeah. But only for martial arts. Mm-hmm. And, and, like, what... what dojos are going to be popular in many malls in the future are they going to have um rikers uh ultimate martial arts where you purposely blind yourself and wear all that weird armor <laughs> and have like the uh american gladiators batons no rikers <laughs> ultimate martial arts is sex <laughs> yeah. that's what he calls sex mm-hmm. yeah um i'm gonna go try, karate chop that pussy uh, hell yeah <laughs> hi-ya <laughs> he's like hi-ya 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 hi-ya, hi-ya, hi-ya. <laughs> um so he then asks who she uh no, no there we go uh so lieutenant minerally is a skilled kickboxer might kick her ass who knows Worf then boosts her confidence by telling her she's heavily favored in the ship's betting pool to win Hmm. Which it's an interesting that like betting is totally okay here because like on Voyager it was mm-hmm. made clear that like betting is not okay at all. Well, but then again, Chakotay was was being the buzzkill here. There, yeah. And also, the, these aren't uh, you know, they're like a uh, wrecker or Picard may not actually know about their betting. That's true. But what could they be? Betting? But they're still all senior officers doing. Yeah. This. Uh, I mean, you know, there's uh either like so. Federation credits for trade with other planets and stuff. Mm. Um, I don't know, like, depending, they might still have some kind of, like, rationing system for things, like, for, for, for basic material things. So, like... Or I'm, they could be doing, uh, like, hug coupons. You get one hug. Well, I'm talking about, like, uh, <laughs> so replicators, even though, like, you know, they have... Rep- material for replicators mm-hmm. is still a limited supply so yeah. i'm sure they ration out replicators not mm-hmm. just food replicators but like replicating things and also like stuff like uh you know actual li- hard liquor mm-hmm. that needs to be fermented you know it's not good when it's replicated right and so like they probably you know like uh probably do rat have like yeah trade that yeah exactly you know it, it's been made clear that there are definitely things that are traded and credits can be used for mm-hmm. In Starfleet society, so yeah. you never know. Also, just they could just be doing hug coupons, like you know, yeah, or blow, like, blow job, blow, yeah, blow jobs. glory hole coupons. <laughs> yeah. By the way, it's it's coupon, it's not coupon, but well, there's no Q in it. Coupon. How do you get Q out of it? Q U is it? Do you think it's Q U E P O N? How do you say it? Coupon. Coupon. I say coupon. Why? I don't know. It could just be something I've... <laughs> well, yeah, it's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if anything, it'd be cup-on. 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 I mean... Coupon. 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 Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I say things wrong all the time. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. You're only on a podcast. Yara asks Worf... Yara asks Worf if he placed a bet on her. Worf replies that it is a sure thing. Yara then looks at Worf with a smile. Worf, embarrassed, walks away. Mm, wow. Uh, Worf definitely wants to hit, right? That's why I wonder if, like... Oh, if, 100%. If, if, Worf if, definitely wants to hit. Oh, yeah, and if, and if uh, Tasha had stayed on the show, like, if they would have hooked up no at problem. some point. Yeah, she would have She would have tasted both them dicks. <laughs> um. So, helmsman, lieutenant... Jo- uh, Jordy LaForge 
because uh, he's not the chief engineer yet here. This mm-hmm. is first season still. Um, reports to Captain Picard that the Enterprise-D will meet up with the shuttle in just over an hour. Picard comments how it will be good to have Troy back aboard, a sentiment Commander Riker agrees with, because he wants to see her butthole again. <laughs> Suddenly, Worf receives an emergency distress call from the shuttle. The shuttle's computer is severely damaged, and impulse engines are offline. Uh, ben Prieto can't even tell what their current location is. Picard calls down to main engineering and asks Chief Engineer Lieutenant Commander Leland T. Lynch. And it's great because every time they say his name, they say like Lieutenant Commander Leland T. Lynch. Or, yeah. or Leland T. Lynch. Like they say his full name every yeah, time. I, it's I, weird. I, I was wondering if like um, <clears throat> maybe he was originally attentioned to be the... He was. But but the, the weird thing is though, like... Maybe he was, but he was still only going to be like, you know, a character actor who was recurring because, uh, you know, like LeVar Burton already had a credit as a starring credit and that guy mm-hmm. never had a starring no. credit. So. Yeah, I kind of, yeah, like because uh, after after this episode, um, no uh, chief engineer is, is referenced until like uh, Jordy takes over in season two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. Um, so uh, they ask... Uh, Chief Engineer Lieutenant Commander Leland T. Lynch, how long it would take to restore the warp drive. When Chief Engineer Lieutenant Commander Leland T. Lynch complains that he's currently in the middle of realigning the dilithium crystals, Picard tells him there is an emergency and they they urgently need the warp drive. Chief Engineer Lieutenant Commander Leland (laughs) T. Lynch initially says it'll be more than 20 minutes, and Picard berates him, telling... Chief Engineer Lieutenant Commander Leland T. Lynch <laughs> that they don't have that much time. It is funny. He also goes like, Leland T. Lynch here. Um, so <laughs> Chief Engineer Lieutenant Commander Leland T. Lynch promises to realign the crystals by hand to get the warp drive restarted immediately. LaForge tells uh, Priest, uh, Priesto, uh, the, who's piloting the uh, shuttlecraft, that he's coming dangerously close to a planet. And Priesto confirms. Uh, Lieutenant Commander Data now reports that the shuttle is near Viagra 2, or Viag- Viagra 2, mm-hmm. uh, a very hard and horny planet. Mm, it's where they mine uh, Cetaphil. Yes, it's the hardest <laughs> of all planets. <laughs> the hardest. <laughs> um, um, the, the, the surface is engorged, engorged with fluid. Uh, they call it the pale blue chew dot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Picard calls down to engineering and again tells... Chief Engineer <laughs> Lieutenant Commander Leland T. Lynch, that although he offers no guarantees, he's working on it, and it'll be about three minutes. Just then, Priesto reports that the shuttle is now out of control and has been caught in Viagra 2's gravity, uh, the grave cons- to the grave concern of the whole bridge crew. And they're like, nah. <laughs> By the way, the music in this episode is incredible. It is awesome. It is like some of the best music in any Star Trek. Mm-hmm. And it do, like it's it's great like horror music. Yeah. Like uh yeah, it's it's awesome. Yeah, uh did we ever look up see if he could find those tracks online? No. I don't really care. No. I just liked them in the episode. Yeah, it's, it's not something I'd listen to online revolution. Oh. I don't um... really listen to a ton of music anymore. Mm. Um I do when I'm like fucking. Yeah. That's always great. But like you have a you have a sex playlist. Yeah. Well, I, I, I usually just, like, will put on, like, an album. Like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like, Trip Hop's always good for fucking. Oh. I always put on, like, uh, some Portishead or, like, some Massive Attack. Mm-hmm. Tricky is really good. Maybe Bjork. 
I just have like uh, somebody once told me. Oh. <laughs> like, that's super. Uh, I'm I'm surprised you don't <laughs> use something um, more your length of sex, like uh, napalm deaths you suffer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what is that? Two seconds? <laughs> it's uh, like a quarter of a second. Yeah. I think. <laughs> you, you suffer, but why? <laughs> yeah, you suffer, but why? And yeah, yeah, that's that's it. Yeah, yeah. I'm just like and done. <laughs> Put on the sex playlist. It loops twice. You're like, well, that was good. Was that was that good for you? I don't care. I'm just lighting two cig. I'm in the, I, like I'm already lighting two cigarettes. And just like, right. Smoking both of them to yourself. <laughs> and good night. Time to sleep. You can leave. I don't. I don't need you here anymore. This is my house, though. Honk. It doesn't matter to me. I need, I need to get my motherfucking honk shoes in. Better get out of here. <laughs> Honk shoes. Honk shoe, honk shoe. I get it. It's, <laughs> it's just the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> like, honk shoes. All right. In engineering, uh, the engineers are frantically trying to restore the Enterprise D's warp drive. Chief Engineer Lieutenant Commander Leland T. Lynch, along with his engineering crew, quickly realigned the dilithium crystals in the warp reactor. And Chief Engineer Lieutenant Commander Leland T. Lynch decides to ignore the final safety check, telling the computer to restart the warp drive. And the warp uh, is like, this is not recommended. He's like, understood. Do it. Also, this never comes back. No. <laughs> like, I, like, like it, I, I thought it, yeah, I thought it was going to be a thing, mm-hmm. but it was more just like, hey, we need like uh, 45 seconds of techno babble <laughs> yeah. to like fill out this episode. Yeah, we don't have enough. We, you know, because as we we're going to talk about, like, it's mostly just talking to a puddle. Yeah, I thought it was like a Chekhov's gun, but it, it was like, no, no, it's just like a Chekhov's like one scene in the episode. Yeah, just to explain why they couldn't just zip to um, uh, uh, Troy faster. You I know guess. what they needed to do? Is mm. uh, they needed to get a paycheck to the guy who played Chief Engineer <laughs> Lieutenant Commander Leland T. Lynch, and they also needed to let us know that the Chief Engineer of the ship is none other than Chief Engineer <laughs> Lieutenant Commander Leland T. Lynch. Do you think he's like the brother or son of someone important on the show? And <laughs> like, the, or he's he's the ancestor of the guy who invented lynching. Oh, okay. Yeah, oh. yeah. And so he's like he's there to like make up for his family's like dark past of like. Mm-hmm lynching people mm. and that's what explains why they then like shove him into the warp reactor and kill him right yeah i mean <laughs> in in a real update to lynching yeah just like well you have to suffer for your crimes of your of, of your family mm-hmm. yeah oh. yeah yeah but yeah nothing ever comes back to this like we're, it's all this time like you think and it makes you think because like he's you know this big this big to do is made about uh, bypassing the safety um the safety checks and everything you think like oh man is like the sh- the reactor going to like be you know be in danger or something or mm-hmm. because like they didn't they just skipped all the safety protocols no no this we never see you know yeah. uh, chief engineer commander lieutenant T. lynch the, yeah the whole <laughs> point of the thing is like this is like a boss demanding something one of his workers mm-hmm that's like the whole like two minutes of the scene. I'm like, okay. Yeah, we and? could have done without it. Yeah. <laughs> it so, completely unnecessary. When the ship's computer begins the engineering checklist, uh, Chief Engineer Lieutenant Commander Leland T. Lynch overrides the checks and they go re- directly to startup. As the warp reactor comes back online, Chief Engineer Lieutenant Commander Leland T. Lynch calls Picard and tells him that they now have minimum warp drive. Um, LaForge reports that a course to Viagra 2 is laid in and Picard orders warp 8 
Uh, over the intercom, Chief Engineer Lieutenant Commander Leland T. Lynch tells Picard he said minimum warp drive. And Picard <laughs> tells Chief Engineer Lieutenant Commander Leland T. Lynch, make it so. <laughs> you get up here and lick all of our nuts. Like, we're not listening to you, which is just, it's, it's, it's incredible. Like, uh, you know, just like he's just decides to push it to its limit even though like none of the none of the normal safety protocols have been met and mm-hmm. he could be to just to get to deanna troy faster he could be putting the entire ship into mortal that's danger. pretty much it he's just like <laughs> i like how she smells yeah. what bait? <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I need i need her her uh her uh fanciful bead uh headdress <laughs> in this and on my um, next to my uh my seat right now so shortly thereafter, the Enterprise D arrives at Viagra 2 and enters standard orbit of the planet, although the ship is not reading the emergency signal from the shuttle. Data then runs a scan of the planet. There is no vegetation and no life forms on the planet, but the atmosphere is breathable for humans. Worf locates the shuttle on the planet. It appears to be buried under debris. Picard asks if they can beam up Troy and Prieto. However, the debris appears to be blocking the ship's sensors. Picard, seeing this as very strange and out of the ordinary, orders Riker to prepare an away team. Uh, Riker chooses Data and Tasha Yar. Picard signals for Crusher to join them, which is a lot of important people together. They keep on putting, like, most of the important people on an away mission together. Like, don't, don't. Mm-hmm. Don't do that. <laughs> and, you know, yeah, there's a reason they shouldn't do that, and it kind of reveals it here. Yeah, they should have taken um, uh, Chief Engineer Lieutenant Commander Leland T. E. Lynch, yeah. you know, and that could explain his later absence from the entire series. That's a very good point. They could have killed him off, too. And... Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he would never talk back to uh, fucking no. Picard ever again and tell him, I said, minimum warp drive. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> It's like, I'm sorry, do I hear a bitch talking to me yeah. over my intercom? I, I thought this was uh, Chief Engineer Lieutenant Commander Leland T. Lynch, not Leland T. Bitch. <laughs> uh, so down on Viagra 2, the shuttle's nacelle has been ripped off, and the shuttle itself has been embedded within the face of a rock. Um, the away team materializes on the surface of the planet near the wreckage of the shuttle, like right next to it. I don't know why they couldn't have beamed down to the shuttle, but whatever. Mm. Uh, Dr. Crusher notes that the signals inside the shuttle are very weak. The away team begins to walk over to the shuttle, but a giant black pool of liquid blocking the way. Crusher asks the away team to walk around it just to be on the safe side. However, the black substance begins to follow them and block their path every way they go. Yar suggests that they go to the left, but the substance, once again, follows them. Dr. Crusher prepares to step over a narrow part of the black pool, but Riker stops her. He then asks if the creature has a skeletal structure. Data scans it with his tricorder, however, he cannot confirm Riker's question. Picard asks Data if the black substance is a life form. Again, Data cannot confirm. I mean, if something's following you, like, well, yeah, <laughs> it has to be, right? You never know. There, there's stuff that re- uh, reacts to light that, um, you know, like vegetation does. Oh, I mean, yeah, it's life form, but yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it could just be any sort of number of things. So, uh, when asked finally if it is possible this pool is alive, 
Theta says it is, but again, he has insufficient information to make any conclusions. Then they hear an ominous voice telling, calling Data Tin Man, <laughs> and a figure begins to slowly rise from the black liquid. Picard asks Riker what he sees, and Riker simply replies, Trouble. <laughs> Which is a, actually a pretty good line. Yeah. So Picard signals Riker and comes to the conclusion that the placement of the creature in the location of the shuttle's crash cannot be a coincidence. Picard asks Riker to try to communicate with the creature, which Riker does. The creature states that its name is Armus, and its voice is, like, hilarious. It's got a ton of reverb on it. It's like, <laughs> I am Armus. Yeah, he just kind of sounds like a, like a, just like a weird little fat guy. He's like, yeah. <laughs> it's just like, the, the, yeah, they're like, I'm Armus. I hate you. Yeah. The, I they, hate all life. Yeah, they, they were just like, to the voice actually be like, Okay, just be like an alien that just like really hates people. Yeah. Like, I hate people. <laughs> and they're like, perfect, do it. <laughs> Fucking cut it. <laughs> um so um uh the creature states its name is Armus and asks why the crew has come. Riker explains that they mean no harm and they have injured crew members on the shuttle and asks permission to pass over and help them. Armus states that that is not a good enough reason for him. Mm -hmm. Riker says that... Like we don't have to justify anything to you, stupid mm -hmm. asshole. <laughs> right? Riker says that preserving life is important to all humans, but Armus is not satisfied and suggests the Enterprise-D crew leave the planet. Oh, so, like, he goes, I disagree. Yes. It's <laughs> it's really funny. Like, I, I don't understand this creature, Ara's motives, really, and it never really fleshes them out totally or explains them. It explains them in a very, like... I don't know, outer limits kind of way. Yeah, he's he's just like acting out and yeah, he's bored. Just being a dickhead. Yeah. So, um, uh, Riker states that preserving life is important to all humans, but Armus is not satisfied and suggests the Enterprise uh, D crew leave the planet. Yar walks up to Armus and says they will not leave without their crew and they must help them. Yar begins to walk over to the shuttle and is hit by a giant blast of energy from Armus and knocked away. Riker and Data react quickly and fire their phasers at Armus as Dr. Crusher rushes over to Yar, followed by Riker and Data. Picard asks for a report on the situation and Data says their phasers had no effect on Armus as he seemed to feed off of the energy. <laughs> as Armus retreats into the black liquid, Picard inquires about Yar's condition. After scanning her body, Dr. Crusher grimly reports that Chief Security Officer Tasha Yar is dead. No! Prompting Picard to have the four of them beamed up immediately. As soon as the away team rematerializes on the transporter pad, Dr. Crusher reports that they will have to get Yar to sickbay immediately if they are to revive her. Picard tells Worf to put the ship on yellow alert and leaves the bridge for sick bay. Shit, man. Yeah. Yeah, Tasha Yar. I mean, and I think this is like the only time they actually kill a, like a starring member of the crew in any Star Trek. Uh, What's his face dies, doesn't he? Uh, Trip. 
You're right. Trip Tucker does. Yeah. Die. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Trip does. Uh... I mean, quite a quite a few people. I think Trip's the only starring person on Enterprise that dies, but like quite a few. I mean, it's a small crew, but like. But also, that's like at the end. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, this is like the first season that they just like just kill off Tasha. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, there was like you know internal reasons why, but uh. Yeah, and uh, I mean, do we want to talk about the internal reasons why much? Yeah, go for it. Um, I mean, I don't, I didn't do a ton of research on it, but I, I'm, I mean, so we know that like the the whole first season was a very toxic place to be, right? Yeah, there was a lot of reasons for it. Uh, first off, like Gene Roddenberry, just not not the best guy to work for or with. Ever. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, apparently what the writers wanted and what the actors wanted and what production wanted all mm-hmm. were three like entirely different things. And so there was constant clashing on the first season. A lot of it caused by, um, a Rick Berman was mm-hmm. a big, uh, big problem. Uh, another guy they had as a showrunner was another problem. And then Gene Roddenberry's lawyer was a huge problem. As yeah. Well. <laughs> um, like he would, he would rewrite episodes against mm-hmm. union. Um, yeah, he wasn't um, even in SAG, and he would like, yeah, do notes on episodes and try to rewrite them and shit. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's yeah, very not cool with anybody. And and also like, yeah, Denise Crosby said she wasn't getting any sort of like good material to work with. Yeah, like the only other episode where she's heavily featured besides this one was like the, the most racist episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and where she got yeah, because like yeah, she got to do the um that weird uh jungle gym battle. You know, just like you know, the the weird little like uh, uh, pull up bars. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, so I understand why she didn't want to be a part of this. And honestly, like there was also like a huge redundancy with her character and Worf's character. Yeah, and they kind of played the exact same role, except like Worf had more interesting things about him, mm-hmm. whereas she didn't really have an interesting backstory much at all. Yeah, her yeah her backstory was also kind of just like kind of weird too. Or you know she survived on the planet with the um with the rape gangs and yes and yeah that's yeah kind of iffy material to work with in the first place <laughs> it is i mean i do like that episode where they have her sister and whatever yeah on that planet but yeah it is very iffy mm-hmm. um so uh rape gang so down on oh wait no in sick bay dr crusher and her medical assistants are desperately trying to revive tasha yar when Picard asks for a report on her condition, Crusher reports that it's still unchanged. She's still dead. Riker and Data stand in the back, joined by Picard, waiting and watching intently. Crusher puts Yar on total life support. But Yar is still not responding, and her synaptic network is beginning to break down. Crusher, seeing no other choice, decides to go for direct reticular simulation. I'm sorry, rectal simulation. <laughs> um, what, well, what was going on underneath that med bay? We can only guess. Uh, I mean, I I speculate uh, with my eyes closed alone a lot <laughs> after you leave. Oh, God. Or when I say I'm going to take a pee. I'm very quick about it. Oh. Yeah, yeah you just have the, uh, um, you will suffer. You suffer. But also I like also I like the makeup that she has during this scene where it's just like the 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 red splotch on her on oh, her yeah, face. Oh yeah, the 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 what's supposed to be blood, but it's just like it looks like it's Halloween. Like the, the the touch of uh the the touch of the of a uh, armus or whatever. I think like the shroud or something that was yeah. supposed to be. Yeah. Very good. So, um the electrical energy 
that uh, Crusher starts up goes into Yar's body, but she is still flatlining. Trying produ- to uh, the procedure a few more times out of desperation, Crusher then finally pronounces Yar officially dead. And that Armis sucked the life right out of her, which I've tried to have done before. But <laughs> Here you stand. It's still just a blowjob. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> You're just like, I'm still alive. Mm. Not good Damn enough. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Not a good enough blowjob. Also, I, I, so I just want to say, like, this is the most anticlimactic. Like, she was, you know, you know, supposed to be a starring member yeah. of the crew. Even regardless, and they she kill wanted her to leave. in the first like ten minutes of the episode. Well, yeah, like if you're going to, you know, if you're going to write her off, like it should have been a death where she sacrificed her life for the better, for the for the for the better, you know. The... I mean, and technically it is. Yeah, I mean, she was she was like, no, I'm going to save my friend, and then like swatted dead. Yeah, but but I mean, yeah, her death was completely in vain because. If they didn't have her death, they could have done the storyline the exact same way, and it would have worked out the exact same way. Yeah, like there was like a. I'm wondering if that's how it started. Is like, um, they just like um, wrote her death into the episode. a regular episode. That, that was like sense, it, it wasn't actually some uh, meant to have her die. Mm-hmm. She like she had requested to be written off the show, and mm. so like oh well, let's just put it in real quick, and we don't want to change you know the whole the whole. Um, whole uh plot of the movie of the, of the show and you should though I they should have yeah, yeah I mean, they, they should have made maybe a two-parter or something like yeah something more momentous something that was actually like i don't know th- this felt almost like disrespectful entirely yeah because it was just, it was it was uh done really quick and then instantly move on yep. and um yeah it feels like it, it should have been towards the end and it should have been all about her character and then ending with her a noble sacrifice, yeah. which I think she should have deserved. And, and what reason why they, you know, bring her back so many times yeah. throughout the course actually, of the series, you know, um, you know, what was a conversely a great way to kill off a character in mm. season one of a series. Mm. Hammer from strange new world. Yeah. Hammer. That was great. They killed yeah. him off. I mean, in, and, they yeah. killed him off in the eighth episode of the series. Yeah. And, Denise Crosby made it through 20 something episodes. Mm-hmm. And, and, so, like, and actually you really feel like, you know, Hemmer better than Tasha. hundred <laughs> percent. And like, even though Hemmer only had like one other episode that like really focused on him, like Denise Crosby. Yeah. Uh, but like they had just like fleshed out better and they took the episode to flesh him out better. The episode where he died. Yeah. So. Yeah. Like, yeah, there was, it, it all tied together at the end and, mm-hmm. and yeah, it, it felt, it felt as a satisfying end for that character. And you felt like, okay, his, his life meant something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To, to the crew and this i mean you understand like realistically like if there was a you know real life starfleet deaths would like this would happen all the time oh yes and 100%. um but doesn't make for great storytelling mm-hmm. <laughs> you know you don't want to see one of your one of a beloved character for yourself you know like see see them just pushed aside and killed unceremoniously you mm-hmm. want actually to see them through because you know otherwise you're just like oh well forget about her yeah yeah and like imagine missing this episode like watching (laughs) episode 22 and then watching episode 24 of the series yeah uh i'm sorry yeah i wonder if that did happen no this is 22 so yeah episode 21 and then 23 and then being like what the fuck happened to the security officer especially back then you know it's like uh you miss one episode and Mm-hmm. You don't know what's going on in the next one, <laughs> right? No, there's no internet. You know, only mm-hmm. like a only word of mouth mostly for people who uh, mm. 
who didn't uh uh didn't watch it or something yeah, you'd have to wait until like the next star trek magazine monthly comes yeah. out yeah like she they killed her i thought she was just off, this, off uh doing something else mm-hmm. damn they're killing they're killing all of her tomboys yeah Fuck. yeah i mean that's that's another good thing i guess tasha got to do she got to have sex with data that's true yeah yeah and she got to do the whole do that uh do, like put on that really extravagant dress just for him to rip it off with his positronic hands and mm-hmm. yeah sure he's fully functionally is yeah i bet he came in like three three <laughs> <laughs> you suffer but why <laughs> i don't know i think he can he, he has just control over it and like also what, no, do, you, what do you come as a engine as an android uh oil Ugh. so do you think she got like a uh a um a uh um yeast infection or some sort of thing <laughs> just like <laughs> I, I think after having sex with him she was HIV positronic. Oh, <laughs> so on Viagra two, Armus <laughs> on Viagra two, Armus moves towards the shuttle. Inside, Lieutenant Ben Prieto is unconscious, lying down on his console. But Troy is basically uninjured. She taps her com badge and tries to contact the Enterprise, but Armus is blocking the communication. She can feel Armis's presence, and he taunts her by saying that her friends deserted her and that he killed one of them. Troy says that she knows as she felt Yar die. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. How do, how do you think it feels to feel someone die? I don't know. Probably, probably pretty bad. <laughs> Horny, maybe? Well, did you see that one um, uh, that there's like some... Um, um, Spanish language uh, court show that's in Miami, and it was like a um, a, a trans woman was hired to have sex with a man, and by having sex with him, like he died, and he and his and um his butthole crushed her penis. <laughs> it's like, and she was suing for um for damages from her from his wife, <laughs> and she said it didn't feel good. That's what I'm saying. Is like you feeling someone die. Not great. Um, I mean, if your penis is in their butt, I imagine it's very true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It's pretty. It's a pretty, pretty interesting uh, court case. That dude just wasn't ready for the girl cock. I mean, no. I mean, he had a. He was an older guy. I guess he had a heart attack during it. That's fair, but I mean, a lot of people just aren't ready for girl cock. No, like, it's it is. It's um. It's like the Ark of the Covenant. Yeah. Yeah, the gawk of the gawk of the covenant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that he was it, it destroyed him. Yeah, it'll it'll melt some people's faces. But if you were one of the true believers and one of the holy, mm-hmm. it'll show you all the wonders of God. <laughs> Armus then says that he wanted to kill Yar to amuse himself. I wanted to amuse myself. Uh, Troy tells him that he thought it would amuse him, but it did not. Sensing that he has a great need for something, Troy asks Armis to let her and Ben go, and that the crew of the Enterprise-D will not give him what he wants to break their spirit. (laughs) Armis coldly replies that if breaking their spirit amuses him, he will do it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, he's just bored. They should have just gave him some, like, toys or something. 
Just like a Nintendo or something. Or like a fucking, you know, like a pocket pussy or something. Yeah. I mean, like, why go not? Go fuck yourself. Bro. Thank you so much. <laughs> I've been horny for centuries. I mean, and that's and this is one thing, like, um, Armis's powers seem very undefined about what he can and cannot do. Mm-hmm. And it seems like he's all powerful, but also he seems in, completely incapable of doing anything anything to free himself from the situation where it's just like okay well don't you have you have these powers isn't there no like natural resources you can use to make a spaceship or any kind or no he's just he's just uh he's got psychic powers yeah he's got psychic and energy powers and he can like block technology but he can't build it because he's just a big thing of tar yeah yeah so um in the conference lounge on the Enterprise D, the senior officers are having a discussion and talking over each other about Yar's death and how she did nothing to provoke Artemis. Only Worf and Picard remain silent. Picard taps the table with his fingers to bring the meeting back under control. He tells the crew that Yar's death is painful for all of them, but they will have to put it aside until the crisis is resolved. Picard makes Worf acting chief of security, which Worf accepts. It's, uh, I don't know. How do you feel about that? Just putting the biggest hothead on the ship into that position? I don't know about that. I I, I think Worf is one of the people that has the most self-control, personally. He does, but like every time they enter the conference room, he has the worst suggestions. He's like, <laughs> we should kill them with everything we've got. And they're like, what? <laughs> no, we were talking about the ice cream party. What are you, yeah. what are you, ta- photon torpedoes. No, no, Worf, stop. I know that's one, one content, like one, also, no, yeah, reason, uh, yeah, Denise Crosby wanted to leave is because, like, yeah, her and having Worf there, like, their roles were kind of redundant because mm-hmm. they both filled the same role and, so Worf was already kind of just like acting. Both filled the same role. <laughs> both filled the same hole. You know what I'm saying? So, so, they both pick data. Yeah. Oh, both yeah. Big data. Yeah. Because why not? I mean, he's, a, he's just a robot. It's not like consent's a real issue. Why they're having, you know, doing the, um, doing the, the neck and now, like, uh, Worf got, you know, he got a little bit of that, that, uh, positronic ussy. <laughs> positronic ussy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Posit ussy. HIV positronic. <laughs> okay. Um, so Crusher says the life signs on the shuttle craft are faint, but the sensor readings are fluctuating, which means they may not even be accurate. Riker asks to go down to the planet again, Viagra 2, where he should probably live. And yeah. LaForge volunteers to join the away team because his dick ain't hard enough. It's like, oh, wow, Tasha got killed? Let me volunteer to go on this mission. It's like, I want to die. So he says his visor may see something in Armis that the other crew members may not be able to see. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Riker then asks Worf to join them, but Worf believes he would be better used as tactical since the main objective is to not battle Armis directly, but to safely bring back Troy and Prieto without any more deaths. So it's interesting that... Like, Worf is just like, yes, I'll accept your chief security position. And they're like, go do security. He's like, no, I think I'd be better in tactical. Yeah. Like, that was your old job, Worf. <laughs> I just gave you a new job. No, tactical is good. <laughs> All right. Um, 
The away team sees Armas stretched out over the shuttle. He is surprised that the away team came back for Troy and Prieto. Troy sees something in Armas, that he was abandoned by his kind. Troy says he cannot hide the emptiness he feels from her. Back on the Enterprise D, Worf and acting ensign Wesley Crusher are monitoring Armas from a science station. Worf notes that Armas's energy went down when he enveloped the shuttlecraft. Picard asks them to chart it and see if there happens to be a pattern. The way I like how they can measure his power. I know, right? They they can't they don't understand him at all, and they can't like measure him with like a tricorder or anything, yeah. but they can like measure him from a science station and shit. In or in orbit. Yeah. <laughs> well, they have those little things from Dragon Ball Z, like his power level's over 9,000. Yeah, this is what happens when you let the guy who wrote Psycho <laughs> write a Star Trek episode. Yeah, it's it's pretty fascinating. Yeah, it's like this yeah, guy who wrote Psycho, you know, and like, you know, uh, just writes one of the more boring. <laughs> just it, like It would have been so funny if, like, you just had Tasha Yar just get, like, stabbed to death in the sonic yeah. showers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I can see that. That that would have been that would have been uh they're just like reading the script and like, okay, you realize what you did here? Like <laughs> like do you are you just like one note? This is like <laughs> Jordy LaForge has his mother like locked away in his closet and he's been dead for twenty years. <laughs> Jordy, you never really talk about your parents. Oh, I've told you about mother. I've told you about her. Um um, <laughs> and it's a dried up mummy husk that has a visor on it as well. <laughs> uh, so the away team beams down again. Armus returns to his humanoid state, which is just like a dude wearing a trash bag standing up in this pool of printer ink and metamucil. Yeah, it's pretty fascinating. Yeah, they just rose him out of a grate. Like, they're like, it, so they had that much metamucil and printer ink just filling this. Uh, Mm-hmm. Filling this hole, <laughs> and then they were able to mechanically like an orgy I've yeah. been to. <laughs> <laughs> mechanically lift him up out of the stuff, and yeah, and I guess also just have like all the you know breathing tubes possibly, or was he holding his breath? Do you think? Dude, I'm guessing they had they had to have breathing tubes connected to him somehow. I don't know because like when Riker does the face thing, I don't think. Anything. Oh, that well, the face was um, a plaster fa- cast. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, that makes sense. That was also very uh, smooth. Yeah, yeah, that was risen out of the um, out, well through the grade as well. So, okay. So, <clears throat> LaForge examines Armus with his visor discreetly as Riker pleads with Armus to see to their injured crew members, with Dr. Crusher making an impassioned plea to the creature. Armus says she can, but only if she says please, <laughs> which is so funny. He's like, You may see your companions. But say please. It's, it's so shitty. Yeah, he definitely comes. This does also seem like the um, uh, was is it uh, it's not outer limits, or is it Twilight Zone with the kid who can control, who uh, keeps every, who can read everyone's thoughts and keeps them in line, and but he's also he can read everything thought everyone thought everyone's thoughts, and he's all powerful, mm-hmm. and so he keeps everyone in line and makes them do his bidding. Like, uh, Sounds like one of your wet dreams. I don't know, dude. <laughs> but that's what the episode seems like. And I know you said like the Outer Limits person was on there. So mm. yeah, this seems like yeah, just uh, that where you know Armus is basically being a petulant child. Oh yeah, he's just a big bully. It's yeah, and, and just making them do just like this, like jump through silly hoops for his mm. own amusement. And yeah, he's he's so oddly like humanoid. 
like in everything he does. It's it's I yeah, mean, he's very human. His, his, yeah, his motivations, even though he's is this all powerful, you know, oil slick. Like, he's, a, he's a schoolyard bully, basically. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Crusher submits to Armis's strange request, and he allows her um, to communicate with Troy via combat. Troy responds and says she is fine. Armis is angered when the crew continues to ask him about going over and helping their crew members, which he views as ungrateful. He then rises up again, but even taller than before. A big old tar monster. Mm -hmm. Armis uses his powers to throw Data's uh, phaser and LaForge's visor away. LaForge, now blinded, falls to his knees looking for his visor visor velma style (laughs) my glasses my glasses uh data directs him but armis moves it away data then refuses when armis demands that he try to help laforge again knowing he will just keep moving the visor away angry that the crew won't amuse him armis allows data to retrieve the visor and then once again leaves it is yeah what's 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 dorkier than having than having glasses? I guess, which is having like a uh, a science fiction visor. <laughs> and I mean, they're they're basically Google Glass, right? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Just having the little Google Glass, and uh, but yeah, feel sorry for Jordy. Like, <laughs> why? He's just a fucking nerd. Yeah. Why do you feel sorry for nerds? He's a good nerd. Not this season. He's not a chief engineer yet. He's just this weird helmsman. Yeah. But he also, you know, he taught me how to read <laughs> on Reading Rainbow. That That's not Jordy LaForge. You're thinking no. of LeVar Burton, <laughs> the actor who plays Jordy LaForge. Very different people. Yeah. Yeah. You think Jordy LaForge can, like, read books since they don't have, like, heat patterns or anything? Because he sees, like, heat waves and stuff right he sees like i'm imagining he he does because i mean he does read the read the um um uh you know the syst you know other systems and stuff or or i guess like the car stuff has heat patterns that he can see yeah yeah that's what i'm thinking well i mean yeah it's electronic so but then we can read electronic stuff but i don't um, that's what i'm asking can he see like words on paper at all Hmm. i'm guessing so i mean there i i feel like there has to be like a scene of him reading especially when he's like doing um uh when they went back in time or um or uh doing when he's on the holodeck is watson yeah on the holodeck is watson interesting theory yeah i think it, i think it could i can think it's, it's a that. bad theory that's what i mean <laughs> it's very bad so you think you're just, wrong you think he just sees as the predator yeah 100 percent. yeah yeah he just, he actually, on his visor, he just always has the movie Predator. Just always <laughs> watching that. They should have had a, they should have had a scene of, like, um, of someone covering themselves in mud and hiding from his sight. <laughs> <laughs> covering themselves in Armis and hiding. Yeah, okay, yeah. Uh, so Armis re-envelops the shuttle now. And on further probing from Troy, it reveals how he came to be. He says the original inhabitants of Vagra 2 devised a process via which all their negative drives would become physically manifested as a dank and vile second skin, uh, which could then be shed. This left them as, quote, creatures whose beauty now dazzles all who see them, which how would he know that? They could have told him. 
Yeah, and I, I'm imagining, yeah, they just like send back like tabloid magazines about their planet <laughs> just to fuck with them. But that does seem pretty fucked up of the of these people just to like you know put, make this make this creature out of their out of their negative stuff and then just like abandon them. So you know, yeah, he, like if if I were them, I would like make this creature out of all of my like harmful stuff and then execute it, <laughs> like just put it in an incinerator. Like what what are you doing? Also, I just realized he, he's kind of like you know you know the movie Twins right with Arnold Schwarzenegger and. Uh, Danny DeVito. Yeah, what do you think I masturbate to? <laughs> but that's the kind of like the same premise where like um um uh they're twins and um and Arnold got all the positive traits and Danny DeVito got all the negative ones. Mm-hmm. So he also got HIV positive <laughs> traits. <laughs> so he's is a Armis is basically just Danny DeVito um from twins. And he kind of sounds like him too. That is an interesting theory. Yeah. Let's uh, let's explore that never. Okay, so <laughs> Uh, uh, so Troy expresses sympathy for him, but this causes Armis to temporarily lose cohesion. He becomes enraged and shakes the shuttle, saying he doesn't want her pity, then moves over to the away team. Suddenly, Riker falls to the ground, and he's like, Data! Data! They're dragging me! And uh, he's dragged towards Armis's uh, liquid pool. Riker screams but Armis threatens to kill Riker if any of them touches him. The first uh, officer is sucked into the slick and disappears beneath the surface, which is actually pretty sick as hell. Yeah, it's it pretty really cool. cool. And it's amazing he agreed to it. Yeah, do you do you have that quote on your, your phone? I still? do. Yeah, okay. So there's a great quote that uh, you found yesterday about <laughs> the making of this from, uh, I think, Jonathan Frakes. Yeah, he, um, he definitely, uh, like, wh- like, they re- really regretted... Um, like they, the cast hated this uh, episode for a lot of reasons. Yeah, cool, because it sucks. Because <laughs> it sucks, and and um and uh and of course, like Jonathan Frakes did did a physical stunt, which like he felt was completely unnecessary, mm-hmm. and and kind of like asked a lot of him to do this. Yeah, and uh and he said, I think we took greater chances than we do now. The shows may be better at the level of it. But Skin of Evil was absurd. We had Patrick Stewart sitting and talking to a black oil slick. But what was wrong? But, but what is was wrong with that? I suffered physically like a fool with Mikey. Sure, I'll get into that black fucking metamucil shit. That was absurd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so apparently, like this whole black slick thing was made out of water, metamucil, and printer ink, mm-hmm. which is disgusting and sounds incredibly toxic. Yeah, I, I was like, okay, Metamucil, okay, whatever. Yeah, that's, that's, that's fine. That's fiber. That's yeah, that's not fiber. Hurt you. Yeah, like, but printer, printer ink? ink. Like, and that's, yeah. And that's one thing, yeah, as we see later when they, he comes out of it, like, his eyes look irritated. Yeah. Like, like, like it, it's, it doesn't seem like something you want in your eyes, and it's a, such an unnecessary stunt. And I think, uh, yeah, and um, LeVar Burton said to him when he was covered in oil at, mm. on sitting on the beach, he's like, I would have never done that. Yeah. And yeah, like that's 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 such a that's such a huge risk, I feel, as an actor. And like, you right. know, you could have you could have potentially like blinded himself or like done any kind of a number of things. Like the guy that was playing Armis who was being risen in and out, like he had a protective suit on. Right. That protected it. That big protect, old trash bag, really. Yeah, a big old trash bag and like, you know, something covering his head and stuff like that. So he wasn't but I don't know. 
dumping it, going in with no protection at all seems Go above and beyond. Yeah, Jonathan Frakes. Yeah, he, he he suffers for his craft. R- Riker always goes in raw for his craft. <laughs> yeah. For his craft. For his craft. He's like, I'm going to go in raw. For his but- craft macaroni and cheese dinner. He will raw <laughs> raw dog anybody for, for some mac and cheese. <laughs> Picard orders the away team to return to the ship, but Armis warns that if they leave, Riker and the Cratch survivors will all be killed. Data, LaForge, and Crusher gasp as Riker's lifeless face briefly surfaces, racked with pain before disappearing again to the black pool. And I guess this was a plaster cast here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think they made a plaster cast of his dick while they were at it. I hope so. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm definitely sure. Yeah. Like, they were, well, he, it was under his suggestion. He was just like, hey, you know, you guys got some extra? And like, yeah, you're going mean, to need a lot of extra <laughs> if you know what I mean. <laughs> I mean, like, do you have enough for like 30 faces? <laughs> <laughs> he's just been making molds uh yeah and he probably uses it on himself like it's it's like realistic uh dildos made from it yeah they actually have like uh dildo kits where you can like make a dildo out of mm-hmm. your, your own dick i've had a couple people ask for a dildo with my dick interesting yeah i'm not I'm, one of them <laughs> no 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 i would cancel this podcast yeah. if you, you're like well you you should leave yeah please get out right yeah. now out of us <laughs> yes Uh, oh you know what what soy trick branded uh brit dicks you know what (laughs) there's a market for them i mean the thing is like the 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 kits to make a dildo out of your dick they're like 80 bucks a piece damn sam yeah i'm sure there's a cheaper way to do it yeah that's the thing is like i think once you get one made or you could like yeah i think you could just reuse it yeah well, well, I mean, you, you're supposed to be able to reuse a dildo, yeah. No, but I mean the mold. The mold. Well, it's not. A, it's not. Well, it is, but like, yeah, you'd have to like figure out a way to like do your own like, I don't know. I'm sure it's silicone. Just, I'm sure it's just the same way. Like they make like you know monster makeup type stuff where they have like they make the um the mold out of like um of a harder of a harder thing and have like the you know the screws and yeah put together and you just like. Just crank them out. <laughs> crank them out, huh? Crank them out. Crank them out. That's crank all. Crank out some dicks. Crank, crank off your dick. You ever see videos of like those uh of those dildo factories where it's just a bunch of women just like, you know, taking and they have like the hairnets on, they're just like dying the tips of the dick. <laughs> dildo factory, isn't that what you call your bedroom? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Picard, <laughs> after seeing the grave danger his crew members are in, decides to beam them down. Troy. Feeling her Mzadi, struggling and in pain, pleads with Armis to let him go. Armis continues taunting Troy, with her begging him to let the away team go. He considers it, but then realizes that Picard has beamed down. Data surmises that since death can no longer alleviate Armis's boredom, then Riker is indeed still alive. Mm. Picard asks... To see his crew members, and Armus asks Picard to entertain him. He's like, amuse me. And Picard is like, I will not amuse you. Uh, Picard replies that he will have to provide entertainment for himself. Data, under Armus's influence, now takes out his phaser and points at his crusher, and then Picard. Armus asks Data how he would feel if he was responsible for the death of his leader. Uh, Data says that he is not in control of himself, thus he would not feel bad for being the instrument of his death. 
It's like, like okay, data. All right. Well, I mean, that's like logical, but like, whoa, dude. Yeah. <laughs> really? You wouldn't feel bad, guy? <laughs> like, because, I mean, grief is a little more complicated than that, I hope you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Armis then makes data point the phaser at Dr. Crusher, then LaForge, then finally has Data point the phaser at his own head before finally having Data drop the phaser from his hand. And then he's like, how would you feel if you killed yourself? He's like, curious. Yeah, right, which is (laughs) actually pretty awesome. Yeah, and Data was just like, yeah, yeah, Data was like ready to just like throw down with this oil slick. Mm -hmm. Uh, Data then says that Armus must be destroyed since he is capable of, he says, uh, he's capable of great cruelty and sadism yeah i see no and redeeming he, qualities yeah he will and then, be, should be destroyed he should be destroyed yeah and then picard again asks armis if he can see troy and prieto and i feel that's one of those things it's like when data decides someone should die they, they need to die like, yeah right? <laughs> he's like oh well, i've computed which is also kind of dangerous if you think about it it's like, very skynet yeah it's skynet yeah like data just basically did the skynet where he's just like wow i can apply this logic to anyone <laughs> and, 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 Riker. <laughs> You're a little too horny. I think you should die. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I don't see any redeeming qualities in you. You should die. You're taking all the pussy on the station. <laughs> you need to die. You're not leaving any for me. <laughs> I see you as a threat. <laughs> I'm fully functional, goddammit. <laughs> um, so Armis lets Picard see one member of his crew, just Commander Riker, covered in black, who's finally brought up from the sur- first uh, surface by Armis and spit out. Crusher sees to Riker, Picard tells Armis that this is now between the two of them. He tells Armis to let the Enterprise D beam up the remaining members of the away team, and they are beamed back to the ship. Picard is eventually allowed to see Troy and is taken inside the shuttle by Armis. He checks Prieto's pulse and finds that he's still alive while Troy asks if they were able to revive Yar. Picard, regretfully, tells her, no, nah, nah, that bitch dead. No, nah, she dead. No, nah, she dead. She got done killed. <laughs> it's like, uh, you felt her die. You already know this. Yeah, come on. So Troy is saddened by the loss of her friend, but Picard is able to find out about Armis's past and works out how to distract him long enough for Troy and Prieto to be beamed back up. Armis brings Picard back outside the shuttle and asks to be taken aboard the Enterprise. He makes it very clear that he wants to find Vagratu's original inhabitants and avenge himself upon them. But also this is also showing like it like the fact that he was able to transport Picard in and out of that shuttle. Mm-hmm. Like so he has the it, how limited are his transporting powers because like I mean he was able to use his influence to down the ship in the beginning. True. Like so clearly he has some range. Like, why couldn't he have, like, transported, used his, like, weird transporting ability to also transport himself onto the Enterprise? This was, um, this was <laughs> written by the guy who wrote Psycho. <laughs> Picard attempts to sympathize with Armis, who irately dismisses his attempts and taunts him over Tasha Yar's death. On the Enterprise, Worf and Wesley Crusher notice that Armis's energy field has almost weakened enough for Troy and Prieto to be transported and set the computer to automatically beam them out when the field weakens sufficiently. Which is actually a great idea. I'm surprised they don't do automatic stuff like that more often. Yeah. So in response to Armis's claims to be the embodiment of evil, Picard says that true evil would be allowing Armis to force them into giving him what he wants. Yeah. 
like hasn't he ever heard you know you get more um flies with sugar mm-hmm. you know they, you should have like like when they beamed back down you should have been like hey guys I, i'll help you guys save them i will i will suck the dick of the one they call Riker. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's like just, Oh, uh, yes, we will give you safe passage, certainly. <laughs> this is a friend, everybody. This is a friend. <laughs> now leave me to my quarters with this Armus for a while. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, that's the thing. Well, I mean, he Does that a- Armus have a handmus on the end of it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Does it have a mouthless? <laughs> mouthless. <laughs> um, so... Or uh, they could uh, be like Paul Pelosi and Armus Hammer. <laughs> uh, doing that gay hammer sex, the gay rough hammer trade shit. That's, that, that's sort of what happened. Like, yeah, he he he, uh, he, he sweet talks him, himself onto there and then like he beats uh, Riker with, with, the, with the, the hammer. hammer Paul Pelosi. Yeah. So Armus threatens to kill Picard and the shuttle crew members, to which Picard points out that even if Armus murders them, he will still be immortal and alone forever on Viagra 2. Always horny. <clears throat> Armus lets out an angry scream and is distracted enough as the Enterprise-D beams out Troy and Prieto from the shuttle. Finally, Picard says, We will not take you anywhere. Uh, at which Armus yells out another enraged scream as the Enterprise-D beams up Picard once again leaving Armus as the only life form on the entire planet as the sadistic creature continues to scream in rage and loneliness. <laughs> and this is like, this has got to be the funniest thing ever. Yeah. Like Picard being like, you're just afraid you'll be alone forever. Nobody likes you. We're leaving. <laughs> and and instead of like doing anything to like, you know, like take a hostage, ensure that he can get out of there or anything, Armus is just like, no, <laughs> no. And he's like, he's so weak and stupid. And he's just like defeated by Picard, just like bullying him. Yeah. And I'm like, no. <laughs> like he, he just lost all of his powers because Picard made him f- sufficiently angry. Yeah. He made, he bullied him so much that he. he what? Did, yeah. What? That's stupid. Yeah. This is stupid. This is a dumb, dumb episode. It is. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of like, uh, plot holes that go into this because yeah and i mean i love holes more than you do you You do know i will like if i'll make holes if they don't have (laughs) you know you know what i'm saying that's why i always carry the swiss army knife on me and that's why i don't use the knife i use the uh the the fucking the wine cork and that's why on your fet life profile you're looking for someone with a stoma which is a surgical hole in someone's stomach Mm -hmm. and you're just like you know i want that i want that uh give me that stoma aroma you know (laughs) what i'm saying (laughs) (laughs) i want the direct access to the stomach yeah Yeah, you're just looking for that stoma pussy Uh, yeah (laughs) (laughs) so i love that they them pussy but that uh that stoma (laughs) (laughs) yeah but yeah like uh yeah it's it's it is very comical that this great monster that killed off one of the bridge crew is just defeated and outsmarted no. so easily. <laughs> He's not even out. It's just like Picard is like, okay, we'll take you. And then he's like, but let me make you mad. You're alone and a jerk and everyone hates you. Guess what? We're not taking you. No. Damn, dude. Your bussy stank too. <laughs> not my bussy. <laughs> I didn't think you could smell it from there. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like it, it, it's, it's such a dorky, 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 uh, character. Like, yeah. uh, the, 
I mean, he does come back in that Lower Decks episode, right? Doesn't he? There's no Lower... It sounds, it sounds right. I don't yeah. remember it, though. I don't know. Yeah, like, but yeah, because, yeah, but as, you know, obviously he's brought it back as a farce because, like, how could you really bring this character back in any sort of way to make him threatening? He's a dumb character. He's a dumb character. <laughs> so Armis, I got to say, is probably maybe the worst villain in all of Star Trek. Yeah. He's stupid, and he's, like, he's having, he's just such, like, um. I don't know. He's such a dumb sci-fi villain that has like completely mm-hmm. undefined powers and is oddly powerful, but also oddly weak when they need him to be. Yeah, and and it, it does seem like an insult at that at that afterwards that, it's, that this is the this is how Yar died. This is how Yar died. Like Yar should have like fucking um God. The fucking on on the episode lower decks on TNG, uh, the mm-hmm. ensign that dies has a much more significant death than yeah. Yar ever did. Yeah. Um, and she was on what, like three episodes, four episodes? Like, yeah. come on. Well, the writing for the first season is, yeah, bad. really, really bad. It's bad. It's yeah, bad. like not too many. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't get start getting good until yeah, like the second season, as you pointed out. That's when like uh the lawyer was um <laughs> was forced out. The guy who was uh um rewriting the scripts and stuff, and yeah, it's, I mean, it, it was a bad season. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> Uh, so <laughs> the lawyer did that. Did, did the scream? They, they, left, they, they left him on a planet. <laughs> uh, so back on Enterprise D, Picard orders that the shuttle be destroyed with a photon torpedo fired from the ship, so that Armis will not have a chance to leave Vagra Two, and declares the planet off limits to Starfleet, which it, is interesting. Yeah, you know, uh, that does seem like a punishment. Like he's just left on the Citadel. Uh, planet and he's just always rock hard right and and doesn't have anything to it's not like the Tadalafil planet where you get to choose within mm-hmm. a four-hour period mm-hmm. when you um yeah instead he's just like he's just constantly engorged and uh and turgid and he's just like no i don't have a hole yeah poor <laughs> tar monster i mean his bussy stank and he doesn't even have one <laughs> Um, so now on the holodeck, we have a funeral on a grassy knoll, which is really just like the ni- Windows ninety eight screensaver. It's either that or it's the grassy knoll on which the CIA <laughs> murdered uh, JFK. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you can. she's like that's that's where I want to be buried <laughs> is the grassy knoll because I know what happened. Yeah, it is. It is funny. Like you know, it is chosen as this, this peaceful place for and like. The trees behind them are very, very fake. Mm-hmm. It just looks, it looks like a very just silly place. And the grass is obviously like, you know, turf, turf. Yeah. Like it's, it seems like a very embarrassing place to so, be mem- memorialized. Maybe the funniest thing about this funeral is the fact that the only people who have showed up for her funeral are the people on her shift on the bridge crew. Yes. And that's it. And that's also, yeah, and it's that's just what- Wharf, Data, Jordy LaForge. Beverly and Wesley Crusher, mm-hmm. Riker, Troy, Picard. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Fucking, they don't even have fucking. Um, Miles O'Brien didn't even show up. And no. He'll show up to any party you invite him to. Yeah, and and they were saying that she was a favorite for the karate championship. None of the karate people showed up. No. She didn't have any karate friends. How'd she get go to karate? Yeah, and, and, like, and out of the entire, like, how many people were on the Enterprise D? Uh, contingent, I've, I think, um, it was 
I want to say a thousand. Yeah. So obviously like not everyone could go, but like mm-hmm. there should have been like, they should have filled it out a little, but I mean, I can maybe see like they probably had a limited number of, uh, of uniforms <laughs> they could probably use. So they True. probably couldn't bring it, but also like, you know, bring the scans back, man, bring the scans back. But yeah, mm-hmm. it was, it just seemed like a very ill, uh, um, low, low attendance for a, for a funeral of someone that was supposedly had all this. Uh, God. I mean, if if that many people attended my funeral, I fucking kill myself. <laughs> so uh, to begin the service, a hologram of Yar is played, with her noting all of the exceptional qualities that each member of the crew possesses, and uh, what she in turn learned from them. Uh, the one I remember is Riker. You're the best because <laughs> uh, she definitely sucked Riker's dick at some point yeah obviously oh, I mean 100%. I think it's it's kind of like everyone sucked Riker's dick at some yeah point. even even Picard has sucked Riker's dick <laughs> yeah. most people don't know that yeah it's a requirement yeah, to join the Enterprise well no no it's just that's Riker's initiation to mm-hmm. everybody and like Riker joined after Picard but he's still like you gotta suck my dick and yeah. Picard's <laughs> like that doesn't make any sense and he's like I don't care <laughs> and he still sucked his dick yeah and, and she says to Picard like I've always wanted. I uh, always thought of you as a father, but I don't know what having a father is. Uh, what having a father is like because I don't have one. But thanks to uh, thanks to Riker, I know what having a daddy is like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. What and what did she say to Data? Like something like, uh, like, oh, you have, yeah, yeah. She's like, you have the, you, you have, you see, see the world through the eyes of a child. Like that, you also fuck like a child. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like y'all had sex, like. Like oh is like that's a weird thing to say. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Just like, like yeah, she infantilizes Data more than she does Wesley Crusher, which is very strange. Yeah, she does. She infantilizes him, and then like, wait, you but you all smash though. But I mean, they were under the influence of, of the uh, um, poly poly water poly water, but still, like, seems kind of a kind of weird thing to say to you yeah, know all a water lover. is poly water when. <laughs> You're uh, you're Polly and live in Seattle. That that would be funny if they actually tested it and like, wait a minute, this is just regular water. <laughs> like, like you all just have just been been horny for no reason. <laughs> no, I mean horny for a reason. Horny right? for a reason. They're on a ship full of a lot of sexy people. Yeah. I, I would fuck most of the like uh, the the Enterprise D bridge crew. Yeah, I could see I'd that. say the majority of them. Yeah, not all of them. Definitely not Wesley. No, sorry, Wesley. Not sorry, Wesley. <laughs> Not sorry, Wesley. No. You just don't deserve it. <laughs> now shut the fuck up and get out. Yeah. So the service concludes with the hologram of Yar fading away. Everybody leaves the holodeck except for Data and Picard. Data says that during the service, he thought it curious that he was not thinking about Yar, but instead himself and how empty it will be without her. He asked Picard if he missed the point of the service. But Picard says, no, I think you understood it just fine and leaves the holodeck, which was like actually really good writing and the yeah. only good part of the episode. Yeah, that was that was good. And yeah. also it's also the point where it's actually also the worst music. Yes. Of the episode. Oh, the, so this. Yeah. The music in this episode is awesome horror music, except for the very end in the memorial service when it just sucks and it turns into like it's just cheesy, smulchy, just like, yes. yeah, just like very emotionally manipulative, like uh, music. And it's not in like a good way that actually made me sad or anything. Yeah. It, like, just, it just felt so cheesy. It just felt very like, cheesy. straight up like uh, lower decks a few times. Like the music has been so good. It's like definitely driven me towards emotion. I would not have felt otherwise. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, and that, this is just kind of feels uncomfortable and feels yeah. like they're they're really trying too hard to make this like a mm-hmm. an emotional moment and doesn't really land because for one, it's like you know we didn't have a lot of episodes where we got to really flesh Tasha Yar out and develop yeah. a connection with her. And I'd like to flesh her out if you know what I mean. <laughs> See her naked. And so yeah, just having this having that little schmaltzy music and felt felt a little silly. But was good writing at that point where yeah, him and uh, Data and are talking about like grief and dealing with uh, loss. That's yeah. good. And the humanity and humanity of loss. Very, very yeah. So, yeah. Um. So, uh, yeah. Aren't you? How'd you like this episode altogether? This that's the that's the end of the episode. Yeah. I mean, uh, not a fan ish. Yeah, it sucked. Yeah, it sucked. Like, uh, there was um, I felt one unceremonious way to uh take out a take out a bridge crew member yeah a very bad way to kill a main character yeah it's like okay if if, even you know even if denise crosby like you know came out with this and you had to quickly write her out of the series Mm -hmm. like okay and tacking death onto this you know was a last minute thing like okay well i mean probably could have tried to do something a little bit more with it (laughs) you Mm -hmm. know (laughs) and just not like not just i have this uh not have this uh you know just have her get hit by an energy beam and that's it and then then the episode continues as normal as yeah. if it didn't happen and then like the the whole trying to save her and failing too was like <laughs> yeah <laughs> I don't, so their medical technology is not that great then yeah well also it's like or or is it that great where they felt they could could bring her back mm-hmm. from um um uh, from being dead yeah <laughs> you know, just like just straight up like like she was she was she was um pronounced dead on the planet and mm-hmm. like and then this is like what five ten minutes later that they're trying to revive her it just mm-hmm. seems too much time has passed like yeah. i mean you know let her die let it let her yeah and can and at that point like i feel like the brain is already like gone without enough oxygen where it'd be she'd be brain dead anyway mm-hmm. <laughs> so um but yeah just like the episode like armis is kind of just, like this armis is a silly character very silly. Like, um, very silly. I feel like they probably could have done it better. Like, I like that. The whole Armis's backstory is actually pretty interesting. I yeah, thought that's the thing. I think it's a cool idea. Like having something that is like the embodiment of evil, mm-hmm. like that has been like tossed aside and something, and it feeling like. And that's the thing is like th- this thing. It was made by other people mm-hmm. and abandoned, and yeah. so it should be angry. Yeah, I mean, it should be angry and like. That's the thing about this episode, too, is, like, nobody gets any kind of comeuppance. Like, this thing that has been abused for its entire existence is once again abandoned, and the people who created this thing and who actually did a bad thing in, like, creating a thing that was, like, all of their bad intentions and abandoning it, those people will never be held accountable. Yeah, there's no there's no um, resolution no. for this like situation. For nobody, it's yeah. just like Yar dies. That's the resolution of the episode. And, yeah, and Data learns a little bit what it's like to grieve. That's that's a fucking entire episode. Yeah, and a, and a better epi- and a better episode. Like yeah, they like you know it, Picard would be um, talking you know dressing down like you know Armis's creators. Yeah, and exactly. being yeah. like you know, and you know the you know they'd be like talking about their perfect society that they have, mm-hmm. and 
and Picard would be like, look at what it costs for your... Yeah, for it's your, like, how dare you abandon the negative parts? The negative <laughs> parts are what we learn from. Yeah. It's kind of shit, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and then, like, have them see the humanity or, you mm-hmm. know, the, yeah. you know, like, Armis's, you know, right to live and, you know, what they did to him and the situation that they put him in to right. make him right. act out like this. And, mm-hmm. you know, and that's what we learn from this. Instead, they're just like, yeah, you fucking suck, dude. <laughs> yeah. And you're going to be left on this planet all by yourself. And yeah, just kind of yeah, like the, the whole, the whole, like basically fucking Picard is like, sucks to suck. Bye bye, bitch. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, they don't even try to redeem him or no. talk to, or like, or, or talk to him in any way where they try to understand him. Instead, they use like his tragic backstory against him mm-hmm. to make, to make him piss him off even more. Yeah. And in order to escape from him and that's it. Yeah. It's kind of fucked. It really <laughs> is kind of fucked. And it's not very Starfleet. It's very, very un Jean Luc Picard. Yeah, this yeah. is some shit that, like, I mean, Cisco would definitely pull, <laughs> but like, Cisco would never be in this situation because he doesn't go out to fucking planets and do dumb shit like that. Really. No, um, no, like, uh, uh, ooh, what? It, wait, you know what? Maybe that's the secret what? character of Picard season three, the secret villain. Oh, Armis. Yeah, you think? Yeah, maybe. no, that would suck so much. <laughs> Armis got off the planet and took uh, Amanda Plummer's uh, <laughs> Amanda Plummer's body. That yeah, would, <laughs> that'd be interesting. Just watch. Yeah. All right. Well, that was that was that that was that. That was our classic episode for the week. Yeah, I'd give it a solid three out of ten. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's not like one that definitely I, below average. It's watchable at best. And that's the thing, it's an iconic episode. It is. Because Armis is a funny character and it's also hilarious. It's, it's the episode where Tasha dies. Yeah. And so you kind of need it especially for later episodes, you know, especially with um was it yesterday's Enterprise where yeah. she comes back mm-hmm. and um and uh falls in love with a uh, with Shooter McGavin mm-hmm. and uh you know and also like Yesterday's uh, Enterprise is like one of the best episodes oh, yeah. of the whole show. Like, and uh, she, and, I love yesterday's and she comes back at, at the end, you know, in the final episode mm-hmm. and the flashbacks and, and then she comes back for two episodes as a Romulan daughter. Mm-hmm. And then her sister is in an episode. And her sister, yeah. So there's there, I mean, yeah, Tasha Yar reverberates throughout all of TNG for mm-hmm. sure. Like basically after she dies, she's either mentioned or in basically at least one episode from every season thereafter. Yeah. Because, I mean, she was still on good terms with basically the entire production crew. All of the actors are still very fond of her. Yeah. Uh, like uh, Deanna Troy's, uh, Mirna Sirtis' tears at, at the funeral scene are sincere because mm-hmm. her and Denise Crosby became such friends yeah. on the on the thing. And, in, and Denise Crosby also, like, she's, you know, she returns for a lot of conventions and everything yeah. else. Yeah, so. and, like, yeah, by all, um, by like, everybody seems to love Denise Crosby. Everyone's, yeah. like, friends with her and, like, interacts with her on Twitter. Like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she seems to be like one of the people in the Star Trek universe who all of the other people like. Yeah. And you know, there's definitely a group of those people and Robert Beltran is not in there. <laughs> and it's it's actually like I'd say it's it's probably a majority of most of the main cast, at least of DS9, TNG and um uh Voyager. Mhm. Yeah. They they all seem to kind of be like friends and convention buddies and whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, except for Robert Beltran. <laughs> yeah, he's he's left out. <laughs> uh, I mean, I feel like Ethan Phillips doesn't he, he doesn't seem entirely very public. No, he doesn't. Which is interesting. He's he's like pretty much the only one in the Voyager cast besides obviously Kess who has a she's on some lists so she can't be entirely public. <laughs> I mean, she's public but she's against hiding, her will. She's hi- she's hiding from the public at large right yes, now. Yes. Yes. Um 
So, yeah, yeah, that is kind of interesting. I'm trying to think of, like, yeah, basically everyone on TNG is still, like, friends, which is yeah. crazy. As shown, you know, they're all coming back for Picard, basically, but... Yeah, like, um, but, they, yeah, before that, they were all basically friends still. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, like, you see, like, you know, there's, like, uh, you can see, like, uh, them all hanging out still. Yeah. You know, and, like, and, and just, like, just hanging out, and even with uh, Rick Berman, you know, Rick Berman's, like, have, they're having yeah. a little cook, they're, uh, Having little dinner parties together and stuff like mm-hmm. that, which is making pizzas just, together and yeah, shit. making pizzas, making uh, making all that stuff. So yeah, good for them. Like, uh, yeah. just you know, would have liked to like uh, would have liked to see the cast come together for for something better than Picard season three because we all know it's gonna be a stinker. But oh, yeah, that's the thing. It's it's always funny to me. People are like, "Oh, it could be good." I'm like, "Here's the thing. Did you like Picard season two? And they're like, "No." I'm like. It was written and produced that the by the <laughs> exact same people at the exact same time. Mm-hmm. Like, do you think that they could have somehow made the worst season of Star Trek ever, and they're going to follow it up with a good season? <laughs> yeah. How? 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 Do, oh, do you think they're going to bring Denise Crosby back for Picard season three? That'd be cool, actually. I'd like to see that. Yeah, why I'd not? like to see Denise Crosby basically in any. Star Trek. I mean, they yeah. can always do something interesting with it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Tashiar is a cool character. They have the Romulan daughter angle that they could always mm-hmm. open back up, and they could have a Romulan granddaughter of Tasha Yar. Yeah. You know, whatever. And also, it's like, you know, at this point, you know, why not? It's like, you know, you know we all know, like, Picard season three is going to be a dumpster fire, so mm-hmm. might as well just, like, shoehorn in all, yeah, like, the little cool references. Yeah, might can. as well just make it all fucking fan service. Yeah. So we don't have to deal with anything like Picard season two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just not, not, just be like, oh, you know, that's, that's cool. Mm-hmm. You know, instead of being, like, irrationally angry at a, at a, at a television program. <laughs> Well, that is our classic episode for the week. Do you want to uh, go ahead and find out what our random episode for next week is going to be? Let's do it up. All righty. So let's walk on over to the Ultra Master Random Computer here and type in for a random number between 1 and 820, and we will go ahead and choose the third number on here and watch that episode in the production order of Star Trek. So are you ready? Yes. Here we go. First number is 152. We're not watching that one. No. No, that's probably a early TNG. Well, that would have been fun, maybe. No, that would have probably been in a, either first or second season TNG. I don't know if we would have wanted that. Hmm. All right. Next number. Go for it. 208. Probably another TNG. Not watching that one either. No. And the third and final number, and what we'll be watching next week. Hit it, computer. Seven hundred seventy-two. Wow, that's so, a, that's a that's a long one. I mean, yeah, that's that's very close to recent. So it's definitely going to be a new Trek episode. Uh oh. Because I mean, there's been several hundred. Uh, how many episodes have there even been of New Trek? Probably about a hundred, maybe a hundred, mm-hmm. a little more than that. Um, so seven hundred seventy-two. So it is going to be very fairly early New Trek, hmm. fairly early New Trek. So it is going to be season one, episode four of Picard. No uh, way! Absolute candor. No way. We are watching an episode oh. from season one of Picard for next week. 
Oh, no. It'll, it'll be your first non-season two episode of Picard, which will be interesting. Cool. Yeah, yeah. That's going to be awful. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah absolutely. Absolute, yeah, absolute candor. So it's gonna be an Elnor. Yeah, that's like I can't remember what that how that episode goes, but yeah. oh, is that is that like one of the first Elnor episodes? I think so. Yeah, because like that's that's uh that's that's what his like um his like weird Romulan group practices. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. So the, I, where they're uh, like they're just completely being completely truthful at all. So times. I think this is the first. I don't think this is the one where he cuts a dude's head off. That, yeah, that would have been fun to watch because yeah. that's just ridiculous. Yeah, that is that is like really fucked up. <laughs> oh. But uh, yeah, so next week we will be watching Picard season one, episode four, Absolute Candor. So uh, yeah, I guess uh, with that, do you want to get into the Klingon word of the day? Yeah, let's do it. Today's Klingon word of the day is Nith. Nith? Nith. Nith? Yeah. Nith. It means finger. Finger? Yes. Oh, okay. Like, <laughs> use it in a sentence. Uh, it's told that, uh, you know, Worf likes a Nith from Dax every now and during when they're being intimate. In, in which butthole? <laughs> Both. Mm. Oh, how about this one? Uh one of my favorite bands of the new metal era was Nith Eleven. Are <laughs> <laughs> you talking about? Are you talking about uh, Five Nith Death Punch? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, that too. Five Nith Death Punch. That would be funny. That'd be a funny band to do. Yeah. Just a Klingon version of Five Finger Death Punch. <laughs> yeah. Uh, more like Five Finger Fuck Fist. Am Ooh, I right, guys? Got him. Yeah. That's that good shit. I've actually never fisted anybody. Isn't that weird? That is fascinating. I mean, it's it's weird to me that I've never fisted anybody. I feel like I, w- I would have been like elbow deep in someone at this point. It was funny one time um, uh, uh, back in Baltimore. Um, Went to a Baltimore tech tattoo convention with uh, some of my coworkers, mm-hmm. and um, and uh, we were afterwards. We were all just talking, having pizza, and uh, and I brought two of my coworkers with me, and like they were talking, like a uh, and one and, uh, one of them brings up fisting like it's a normal thing, and like uh, and my coworker looks at her, at the other girl, and she's like, "Oh no, I've never done that." She's like, oh, "You've never been fisted before? Ah! Oh my god!" I was just, and we were both like, I like that girl. <laughs> We were both like, that's is that a common thing? That's like, yeah. Why not? I like her enthusiasm. I like that she thinks it's a common thing. Yeah, that's that's beautiful. Yeah, like yeah, it's like it's like something that you just that you just do. Yeah, yeah, that everyone can just accept an entire fist inside their body. Hey, why not? You know, (laughs) with enough training, if you believe. Yeah, if you believe, anything's possible. Hell yeah. Yeah, that's you know that's a good you know that's a that's a good positive message like believe that you can be fisted. Yeah, you know if if you believe it, you can achieve it. Unless you know your butthole is like a fucking dry gasket, it just breaks apart under any sort of pressure. Yeah, yeah. You ever you ever? I mean, you you work with like heavy equipment and stuff all the time. You mm-hmm. you have gaskets breaking on you all the time. I imagine. Yeah, stuff breaks all the time. 
do you have many gaskets in your work? I guess there's not a lot of water in your work, so there's probably no. no we have air, like air. uh air air bursts are a lot. Like we like um hmm. uh so yeah, we have air leaks, sometimes gas leaks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we. I mean, as long as you're in the house, there's always a gas leak going on. Right? <laughs> Who is there? As long as you ate a breakfast burrito, you know what I'm saying. What's That's up? why I'm glad I I mostly just work alone now, because <laughs> I'm just like. If anyone was in this uh, weld cell with me, they'd be throwing up inside their mask. <laughs> <laughs> because of the name, like we wear these, um, um, we're called uh, PAPR, personal air purifier respirators, mm -hmm. and uh, and so they like like they, they they suck up the air and like um, um, purify it and take out all like the weld weld smoke. To uh, so you don't, Boo, so you don't get high. Oh, so you don't die. Bummer. Because <laughs> like, yeah, cause well, both it, those things. It, suck. it gives you. It gives me a headache if I inhale uh, too much. But um, but the thing is, like, you wear it around your waist, and if you fart, it just gets sucked up into the thing, and then like blows <laughs> it directly into your face. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Dude. <laughs> so some days I'm just like I'm just like dying. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty cool. <laughs> All right, so uh, with Klingon Word of the Day, do you want to get into some subspace transmissions? Yeah, let's do it. Let's get into it. Subspace transmission. Subspace transmissions. Hey, it is subspace transmission. It is that part of the show where I go on to the internet Ooh. and find comments and or reviews about the episode. Episode we just watched. So yeah, uh, went onto IMDb, found a bunch of reviews for this episode. Uh, oh, would nice. you like to go top to bottom, bottom to top? Mm, yeah, let's see. Let's go uh, bottom to top. Let's, bottom let's start to off. Top. Let's start off with the people who hate it. Or do you want to? Or uh, it's, I, I'm giving you the choice. Or are the are the, which are funnier, the people who hate it or the people who um, people who uh, loved it? Um. Nothing's funny in humor. God is dead. Oh, okay. So, All right. Yeah, just do bottom top then. All right, cool. So uh, starting from the bottom, we got uh, T. Clark 56 says on the 17th of January, 2020, with a one out of 10 star review, just bad. <laughs> I'm actually going to read this in the voice of Armis. He says, wow, always thought that Star Trek was about understanding, exploring the thought that the universe is more than just black and white, solid or liquid, good or evil. <coughs> this episode reeks of religious undertones, and the villain is terrible. A nice voice. Hmm. Yeah, that's the whole thing. Nice voice is he's talking about Armus? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. All right, next review is from Snooze John C. He says on uh, 24th of May, 2021, sucks the life right out of me. Four out of ten. He says, uh, Enterprise attempts to rescue Deanna Troy from a shuttle crash. Thanks to some fairly uninspired writing and production values, <laughs> this episode feels to me like a rather bizarre kick in the teeth to one of the regular characters of Star Trek The Next Generation. Yeah. Tasha Yar's death is a fairly meaningless part of a generally weak plot. These days, if a regular character is being written out, you would expect a powerful story or at least a memorable reason behind the event. To add insult to the sequence of her attempted resurrection is one of the least cinematic of its nature I have ever witnessed. Yeah. 
I enjoyed the holodeck memorial where she says goodbye to the other characters, but everything else for me aside from the acting is on par with the infamous Star Trek Enterprise episode. These are the voyages. <laughs> it's not that bad. Come on. No. It's not that bad. Uh, creature design is fairly poor, particularly the voice of the oil slick animation. It's difficult to take seriously the creature's dramatic exchanges with certain characters due to the character-type voice. In <laughs> fact, as Troy becomes emotional, it almost becomes unintentionally funny. It, it, <laughs> it was, was funny the whole time. Like, yeah, he's like, I disagree. He, no one has He's me. so funny. Like, that's the thing. Is like, Armis is objectively hilarious. If this was, like, originally a Lower Decks episode or something, it could have been very funny. Oh, yeah, yeah, because, yeah, just played up how what a petulant little spoiled child he is and mm -hmm. that he yeah his whole premise is funny just he's just like a big glop of things like yeah he's just a big a big tar pit that's a big baby it's, it's it will really what he is is uh francis from peewee's big adventure just You're covered right. in yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 it's just like and that's and that's the thing francis my dad says i can have anything i want peewee it's I my know you birthday are, but, i know you are but what am i <laughs> I am the second skin of evil, Peewee. <laughs> I was abandoned here by people who now are, everyone is enchanted by their grace and presence. Every, they all look great, and what do I have? I need your bicycle. <laughs> He's trying to get Picard's bicycle. <laughs> Already much better, much better stuff. And then Picard is like, I wouldn't even uh, lubricate my chain with you, Tom Monster. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, he, yeah, our miss should have been Francis. That's, yeah, that's what we're saying. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, so, uh, Snooze John C. continues, Most performances are pretty solid. Marina Sirtis puts a lot of heart into the emotional scenes. Prince Spiner is especially good in the final scene, and Patrick Stewart handles everything with class. It's frustrating to see the demise of a character played out this way, and as Dr. Crusher says, it just sucked the life right out of me. Yeah. What would you like to suck out of Dr. Crusher? Her brains. No. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, she's all right. Just all right? Yeah, I mean, she does. She does. She can ride the unicycle. It's pretty cool. Want to suck that ability out of her because riding a unicycle is pretty hard. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, sorry, I didn't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you are sorry. Uh, so, <laughs> moving on, Mr. Fusion says on April 29th, 2016, four out of 10 stars. Wasted potential, he says. There's some undeniable nerve at the heart of Skin of Evil. Denise Crosby wanted off of Enterprise, dissatisfied with her character's development, to which the producers responded by killing her off, so Tasha Yar gets blasted not ten minutes by a black sludge monster. I don't know. That just sounds like an overt statement. A character can be killed off with purpose, saving the crew, the ship, but no. Mm -hmm. One minute, she's standing there with the rest of the away team. The next, she's killed off like a red shirt. It's meaningless. Even the guy Ben on the shuttle survived, and we never see him again. <laughs> That's a good point. That is a good point. And it'd help if a decent episode resulted from this, but it's pretty lame. I can see they were going for a simple good versus evil story here, but there's no substance to it. 
And then it's off to the holodeck for Yar's funeral, where she has a pre-recorded sugary speech prepared. Yeah, that's not weird. This whole damn scene is awkward. And the only good thing that comes out of this that indirectly paves the way for yesterday's enterprise. Four yeah. out of ten. All right. Yeah, and really, how like yeah, how much notice does she have to record this thing? Like, it seemed like it was pretty recent. I think she recorded it right before she went down. Yeah. They're like, yeah, we got this fucking tar thing <laughs> that like it's not looking good. And Josh is like, give me five minutes and all. Yeah, just let me record this farewell message real quick, just for the bridge crew though, not even my family. Yeah. Also, I just realized you think like they they um, said Armis had psychic powers because like. Originally, they were probably like, um, uh, gave the idea to uh, Denise Crosby, like, okay, so what, so how your death goes is you get sucked into this uh, mixture of Metamucil and printer ink, and she's like, I'm not doing that, yeah, <laughs> she's like, I am not crawling into the goop, mm-hmm. like, no, he, like, kill me off in some other way, and they're just like, um, like uh, uh, hey, Jonathan, this is like black cum, and he's like, I'll get in it, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like, I'm done, I'm done. <laughs> and uh, and meanwhile, they're like, Denise Crosby just hits with a special effect and yeah, just invisible psychic powers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Next, we got a comment from Anarchista, Anarchistica, Anarchistica from March 20th, 2022. Four out of 10 as well, saying, Silly oil monster. Says, uh, If some random wretched had died in this episode, it would have been utterly inconsequential, and this would be among the worst episodes of season one. Yeah, season one. True. Season one. That's yeah, true. Like, yeah, if it was just like, yeah, if it was just Preto that mm-hmm. died, yeah. and this, yeah, no one would ever visit this episode yep. for any any reason. <laughs> it's all redeeming factors. Tasha's gathering at the end, which was actually touching. Also, this is the nth episode in which an alien force proves too much for the Enterprise. And it's not even the last TNG episode in which a powerful being kills a crew member for their amusement. It's the hero problem. The Enterprise is so mighty that writers have to come up with convoluted reasons why it can't deal with this week's problem. It kind of gets on your nerves after a while. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, just, uh... Yeah, it just feels like a filler episode because they get what they really need for this episode. Like, just like a shit ton of Metamucil <laughs> and, and Brennerick and a, and, a, and, a, and, a, and a puddle, and that was it. Like, I mean, that that sounds like the beginnings of a really interesting orgy. Yeah. Because like, <laughs> I think they could have taken it into much more inter- interesting territory, as we said earlier. You know, with also, like, like, printer toner, that puddle must have cost like $20 million. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like, especially if it was like an HP printer. Or yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like, like they, they could have taken this in more interesting directions instead. Yeah, like as also, you know, Freaks points out, like it's just Picard kneeling near a, um, a black puddle and having like this... Uh, and just like triggering this puddle and that's it. <laughs> like there's, there's not much that goes into this episode. And yeah, the only, yeah, the only noteworthy aspect is Tashi Yar's death. Mm-hmm. All right. Next we'll, uh, I'm going to read a truly, truly unhinged review. Ooh, I can't wait. Uh, watch one, seven, nine, three, one says on the 7th of April, 2021, day oh. before my birthday, Oh, nice. seven out of 10, really good, except, the Armis as a person effect. Mm-hmm. I'm going to read that again. Really good, except the Armis as a person effect. <laughs> so this person says, um, 
I always thought this was quite good. As Roddenberry believed, a likely fate of a security chief would indeed be something like this. Yeah. Granted, it does seem like a rather contrived situation to kill off a character, but still, Armus is a fascinating creature that you actually feel bad for, do you? Uh, yeah, I mean, I can see like he was given a bad hand at life, you know. The attempts to resuscitate Tasha were tense and felt real without overly dramatizing it. It's notable that Picara turns away when he realizes the way this is going. I also like the splotch on Tasha's face. It's very strange and fake looking, and yet that strangeness works because in death situations like this, people often focus on weird things like that as a mental excuse for this can't be happening. What? Yeah, in, in real life, I don't know. It seems The worst part is Armis when he's standing up like a person. It's a dreadfully obvious effect. Yeah. That's the worst part? That's the worst That's part. That's the worst part is that effect that you don't like. Yeah, he kind of looks like, uh, kind of reminds me of uh, Pizza the Hut from Spaceballs. You know, uh -huh. like just like Pizza Hut just kept like dripping cheese everywhere. And yeah, pizza I mean, was... he, yeah, he just like, I mean, he's a big tar monster. Yeah. It's supposed to be a big tar monster, I guess. Yeah, you got to wonder if it would have been more interesting if it was just like a, a guy in a rubber suit or something. Mm -hmm. Or just like something that could like give off a more sinister aura, you mm -hmm. know, just kind of like. Uh, someone that could that could actually bring some sort of life to this to it instead it's just like a guy that's standing completely still while standing yes. up and and uh just dripping black goop everywhere <laughs> all right so uh we're gonna close this one out on just something that is wrong <laughs> is this the is this the highest rating yes this is this is 10 out of 10 whoa i can't believe it got a 10 yeah uh it's just Slater says on August 20th, 2022. Thank God she's gone. <laughs> <laughs> wow. He says, I never liked Tasha. So I was elated to see her killed off. Wow. She dude. was completely unbelievable as chief of security. Her character and acting were by far the worst of any regular crew member. She had no real confidence and constantly overcompensated while still trying to play the victim of her past getting ballsy with Q and then crying when she got put in a penalty box, asking Picard if he could still trust data because of lore. Please. What a yuts. Her death was a perfect mirror of her character. Minor and one dimensional. Very fitting. This is the first and only time we see Armis, a very unique character or even anything like him. For him to kill Tasha was nothing more than us swatting away a gnat. His ability to capture Riker was also something we've never seen before from an alien. I wish we could have learned more about him and his backstory. <laughs> wow, so that was Rick Berman, obviously. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this guy definitely had a grudge against, uh, against Tasha Yar for some reason. So yeah, it had to be Rick Berman. Yeah, that's just like, wow. How can you believe this is a 10 out of 10 episode? Like, yeah. you you have to, like, you know, live in a group home to believe that. Well, if you have, like, an irrational hatred of, of a character. And yeah, then you, which you should live in a group home. Which, yes. And you want to revel in her, in her demise, and yes. It's like, yeah, even, even if, like, it's just not a good episode or a good death. 
Like, even if you're interested in Armis, like, they don't flesh him out. Also, and also, like, calling her one-dimensional, like, at this point, you could probably call all of the... All the characters are one-dimensional, except for maybe Picard? Because, yeah. like, really, because he, also he's giving this rating in, high, you know, hindsight, you know, mm-hmm. just like after he, we've developed the character, all the other bridge group members completely, fully. Right. And so, yeah, of course they have, they have, like, they're like, more than, they have she, depth. She got less time to develop than fucking Pulaski. Yeah. <laughs> and so, everyone hates Pulaski. Yeah. <laughs> because she's a racist. Like, <laughs> Yeah, she's she's so annoying, and yeah, it's like, um, yeah, like what what they expect? Like if you were if you if the only um, season of TNG you ever saw was the first season, then you would be like, all of these characters have no personality. Mm-hmm. All of them are one dimensional, and yeah, yeah, you'd be right. And so, I mean, the fact that she doesn't is not her fault. It's mm-hmm. the fault of the writers. One hundred percent. Like, yeah. yeah. You know, and we see do see her come back, you know, and she's in, you know, yesterday's Enterprise. She yeah, and she's great in that episode. Awesome, yeah. I mean, that's one of the best episodes. It's like universally agreed upon as one of the best episodes of the entire series. Mm-hmm. Everyone loves that episode, and she yeah. fucking rocks in it. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. who who would have thought that the 10 by 10 one, the 10, a 10 out of 10 one would have been like the most unhinged and craziest one? I mean, <laughs> anyways, it's like, that's the thing is like basically anyone who gives a one out of 10 rating or a 10 out of 10 rating to anything is mentally unwell <laughs> yeah. because I mean, there's like nothing out there that's that good or that bad. And if you think it is like either it's something very unique and very special, like there are movies like. Uh, I would say the Jerky Boys movie is a <laughs> oh, yeah. solid one out of ten movie. Or uh, Disorderly, starring the um... don't you dare starring the Fat Boys. Go yeah. fuck yourself. That movie is a solid four out of ten. <laughs> like there are like four funny moments in there. I'll give yeah. them a point. All right. All right? Yeah, yeah. That and also it starts the Fat Boys. Yeah, Fat Boys are fun no matter yeah. what. The Jerky Boys are not. They're uncomfortable and assholes. Oh, I was saying uh, Disorderlies would have been a ten out of ten. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah. Oh yeah. I was. Oh, like, I was not saying I one was out of ten. Offended. No, no, no. I was saying ten out okay, of ten. Thank for, God. Thank yeah. God. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You were so correct. I, so I guess like I guess like how we should rate all movies is like Jerky Boys as the one. Mm. And uh, then that's like, the curve, yeah. That's jerky, the curve. Jerky boys to disorderlies. Yeah, jerky boys to disorderlies, and that's how the rating should go. And yeah, yeah and I guess if you do rate anything a one or a ten, like there should be just an automatic like um, alert sent to some mental health facility. Yeah, you should be put <laughs> just, on a list. Just like yeah. and just like this person needs help. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Like I've never read like a, a decent. Basically, I've never read a decent review that's a one out of ten or a ten out of ten because no. it's it's not someone who has like valid criticisms. Because they're being too critical or they're being uncritical. The only time they're good is like, yeah, when it's like a 10 out of 10 or 1 out of 10 and they're being ironic and funny about it. Yeah, either that or like, you know, occasionally something happens, you know, like uh, like the last season of Breaking Bad or something. If someone mm-hmm. gave that a 10 out of 10, I'd be like, well, yes, that was mm-hmm. very like special media that only comes along very fucking rarely. Yeah. And yeah, that happens. But like this episode, it's a bad episode mm-hmm. of TNG. But it's not the worst episode of anything I've ever that's seen. The thing, like, so both, it's not a one out of ten. Yeah. But there's no way you can call this a ten out of ten. I mean, really, it's like I think all the most of the reviews you had were fours, which is mm-hmm. probably good. Good. Uh, yeah, I had a good mix. I, I skipped a couple of the really long ones, which were like eights. I had mm-hmm. one um, with the uh, the title eight out of ten here, a realistic portrayal of death, sudden and meaningless. Yeah. Which I'm like, shut up. <laughs> and, and that's the thing. Yeah, we were talking like this. This would be a real occurrence in yeah. Starfleet, like uh-huh. a, a, like a completely sudden, meaningless death. But it's just like, but yeah. we do want 
meaningful deaths out of our characters. Exactly. Especially <laughs> main characters who die. Like don't, yeah, it's just such like it's, a, it's not fucking, a game of Thrones type shit. Right. Exactly. And it, it was, and that's the thing is like, if you do like a meaningless death, you can do it and make it like shocking, like game of Thrones. Yeah. This was just like, I mean, jerking off into the wind yeah, and just it, not caring where yeah, you that's come. Thing. Like, it, it was, it was truly meaningless because yeah, it was just like, it happened and what, and, and people just moved on and, and didn't really reference it for the rest of the episode until the end. And really didn't reference it throughout the series, except on episodes where Tasha Yar or her daughter or her sister show up. Yeah. Basically. Mm-hmm. And, which kind of uh, sucks, you know? Yeah, and, and yeah, as you said, yeah, it wasn't even shocking where it's just like it happened and then like that's it. So. Yeah, it would have been interesting. Like they could have actually fleshed out like Data like actually having grief and Data trying to deal with grief and understand grief. They could have had that yeah. happen for like the rest of season one or season two or something. Yeah. But he never really thinks about Tosh ever. No, yeah, it could have been too early for Data's development at that point for him to experiencing grief like that. I guess, but I mean, the very next season, season two is Measure of a Man. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know, man. Like, yeah, definitely... it's true. Yeah, that's yeah. Have him feel something because yeah, she did take his virginity, really. Yeah, right. <laughs> so it's like, I mean, that we know of. That we know. I'm that guessing know. that he did. I mean, come on, Doctor Soong Soong probably gotten that boom boom. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Finally, something that looks exactly like me. <laughs> Time to have sex with it. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> spider on spider action. Surprised that hasn't occurred before, like yeah. a spiner on spiner, like yeah, data. I mean, you, we know data lore. They named the episode data lore and <laughs> took out the space because <laughs> they took out the space. If you know what I mean. Hey. Yeah, there was. It, it cost ten million dollars to film, but they did like uh, did a, a sex scene between data and lore that never made it to screen. Oh god, it was such a waste of money. Yeah, no, no, not for no. Uh, not for Rick Berman. He has the, <laughs> not he has, for Rick. Not for old Dick Berman. He has the original that he just like he has like sort of like a weird like um uh creepy uh personal viewing theater in oh, his yeah. house and he's like fuck this gay shit. <laughs> uh, just angry baiting at it. Um so um that is just about the end of our show. Yeah. But before we go, I think it's about time to say goodbye to somebody who gave the ultimate sacrifice. Are you ready? Yeah. It's time it. for a red shirt obituary. Well, the away team was in a pinch, and somebody had to die. But thanks a lot. Time to beam up to the big red shirt in the sky. So, this is actually wild. Mm. But Tasha Yar's death actually coincided perfectly with this episode what so yeah what <laughs> actually technically so uh the last episode should have been this and this should have been the last episode because the last episode we did a uh the redshirt deaths from star trek 5 mm -hmm. which was made after the beginning of star trek the next generation oh. so yeah um so uh tasha yar died and then them but it almost lined up almost perfectly her death and the episode where we talk about her which was completely random that's insane which is very crazy that's that that's that magic number shit yeah like like tasha yar like her chronological death in the series of star trek like lined up with this week perfectly <laughs> which is nuts of the week we actually have to randomly talk about her death, yeah yeah which uh you know 
So some someone up there looking at, uh, after us. Mm-hmm. And you know what his name is? Satan. Armas. <laughs> Armas. Armas watches after you. <laughs> Raid her no. death. <laughs> so today we remember Lieutenant Natasha Yar, who served on the USS Enterprise D as chief security officer under Captain John Luke Picard. Mm. Yar succumbed to injuries caused by the embodiment of evil, Armus, on planet Varga II while attempting to reach casualties of a downed Federation transport. So rest in peace among the stars, Tasha Yar, and thanks for your contribution to the greater good. I guess. Good night, sweet princess. Yes, we we miss you. We'll see you again on yesterday's Enterprise. Yes. Yeah. Or your daughter, who is played by you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, good night, sweet princess, granddaughter of Big Crosby. <laughs> was she really? She really was. Oh, wow. Yeah. Hmm. So uh, she she is uh, the heiress to the singing or white Christmas fortune, I guess. And, oh, wow. I don't know. Oh, she might be. I don't know if she actually made any of that money, but still. Yeah, probably. I hope she did. Yeah, me too. Yeah. That's a weird name, too, Bing. Bing. It is. Was that his real name? Probably not. No. That was just uh, the fucking the sound it made when he slapped his dick against a metal plate. Uh, and you also know, like, yeah, Denise Crosby is also married to David Crosby. No, she's not. Oh, damn <laughs> That's the. I mean, oh, it's her. It's her brother. It's her brother. Humans can't marry walruses. <laughs> it's, not, it's not allowed. Man. Well, once I once I pass my legislation through Congress, <laughs> like it will. I'm well, gonna, you are a vegan, so you're a, you can you can speak on that. I'm going to mandate everyone uh, marries walruses. Mandate more like walrus date. <laughs> I got to make. I'm going to mandate everyone or manatee everyone married walruses. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, where can we find you on the internet if we want to say hello to Patrick? Um, at Atomic Bomb on Instagram and Twitter. Cool. And you can uh, find me or us at Soytrek, basically on any social. Just look up Soytrek. We'll probably be there. But you know what you should really do? Mm. You should go to fucking Soytrek.com. Soytrek.com. Because that's where that real shit is at. Mm. Uh, you should also maybe go to Patreon.com because we got a pretty sick-ass Patreon. And uh, talk for a second, okay? Okay. Uh, This is me talking to the people out there who are really great and beautiful, who give us money and support us to do our podcasts that we talk about Star Trek on. That is true. All right. So, so, uh, yeah, if you want to join our Patreon, you can go to patreon.com slash dumbidiotbs. And uh, for just $2 a month, you can get all of our bonus stuff. You can get all of our uh, Soy Trek episodes at once instead of waiting throughout the week to uh, hear them. And, uh, you know, we'll give you a shout-out, too, if you give us $5 or more. So um, we're going to give a shout-out to all those people in the Big Dumb Idiot category. We got thank you, Dan Morrison. Thank you, Dylan Lance. Thank you, Ian Killia. Thank you to Jordan Hale. Thank you to uh, Nick Savard. Thanks to Shane Sawyer. And thanks to our biggest contributor, Joanna Hearn. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, you uh, you make our show happen. You, uh, at this point, just make money that I totally forget about and, like, withdraw and, uh, like, pay off, you know, fucking dumb little bills we have, like our Zoom account and our, oh, yeah. 
uh, web hosting and shit like that. The vegan ace. Um, uh, um. I have actually, yeah. So uh, another thing too is I have begun to be able to pay for all of the meals we eat for our podcast with the podcast fund. All we're sick. Making, we're making that kind of money now. Yeah, Britt Brit makes uh, tacos. They're pretty bomb. Hell yeah. All kinds of food and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, so definitely check out our Patreon. That's a real fun time. And check out uh, you know, pictures of my dick. Just ask for them. And just wait for the uh, clone of Willie of Brit. That'll be on... Uh, Soytrek.com. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sure, why not? Just gonna be making dildos. Yeah, the big old big old Brit dildos. <laughs> love Everyone loves my dick. <laughs> Everyone loves Brit's dick. Captain's log. Captain's hog. Supplemental. <laughs> uh, well, that's all, folks. Looks like it's time for us to warp away. Be well. Travel safe. And as Ferengi rule of acquisition number forty-six says, expand or die damn that's pretty savage for a ferengi mm-hmm. uh, full of acquisition i mean they're all pretty savage yeah they're all pretty savage but damn die mm-hmm. mm. oh well thanks for trekking with the soy boys girls and other worldly beans hang, hang dong, dong and, and shockers soy Oh, <laughs> <laughs>